The day is finally here. It's felt like forever since your teacher sent in the order, but this is the day the Scholastic books arrive. It's an exciting one because you'll be getting the first book in a new series. The cover art is what held your attention most. A strange, slimy, dripping font that spells out goosebumps. You notice the word itself is bumpy in contrast to the rest of the smooth cover. The cover art features a creepy-looking house with second-story windows that seem to be peering out at you. And it begins. For the next few years, goosebumps will be a regular part of your monthly reading. So we will start at the beginning again. Welcome to Dead House, written by the man who scared us all, R.L. Stein, on Reliterated, the pot of gold at the end of the reading rainbow. Welcome to Reliterated, we're the lowbrow book club where three completely unqualified and let's face it, inexperienced at podcasting, man-children, read the children's books we grew up with uh, back in the 90s, and we take a look at the lessons we learned back then, compare them to how they look now that we're careening haphazardly toward our 40s. We use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. So that's our warning to you listeners. I'm Andy. I'm Harold. And I'm Josh. Yes, and we are back for a second episode. And as promised, we are going to be giving you... Welcome to Dead House from the Goosebumps series, written by R.L. Stein. Yay! Goosebumps number one. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. <laughs> what does, what does R.L. stand for? Wrong answers only. Uh, Rusty Lincoln Stein. <laughs> Josh? Rolling Long Jammer Stein. <laughs> Ridiculously Large Stein. <laughs> <laughs> Our last one, Reliterated Stein. Ooh, Ooh nice. Reliterated Stein. Yeah. Well, R.L. Stein, <laughs> the actual author, has been writing since the late 60s. And his first books, well, his first works were uh, from the comedy genre, and most of it was featured in magazines at his college and then some magazines that came later. Um, he wrote a couple joke books, some humor books for kids, before he finally wrote his first teen horror novel, Blind Date, in 1986. After that, he did the Fear Street series in 1989, which was followed three years later by the series that burned his name into the brains of a generation, Goosebumps. Yeah, 1992 was the first one. Mm -hmm. He is one of the best-selling authors in the world, over 400 million copies in 35 different languages. Yeah, that's that's hella impressive. And just in the Goosebumps series alone, there was 62 in the kind of flagship series, and then 235 so far uh, Goosebumps <laughs> books between that and the various spinoffs. And he's still at it. I think he's still writing like Slappy World. He is. He's uh, 77 years books. old at this point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he's still writing kid <laughs> writing from the perspective of 12 year olds. Yeah. 
I mean, he's been doing it for long enough. I think that it's kind of cool. I mean, he's 77 years old, but he's he's kind of like a kid at heart and he's still looking at the world through a lens of what what scares a kid, you know, what's not mm-hmm. too scary and too grotesque or awful that it should be adult, but scary enough and reasonable enough that kids could read it and continue to want to read them, even though it scared them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the threats are, they're really fantastical and they're they are pretty scary and gruesome, but they never get uh, like gory. They don't get like, uh, I don't know if phantasmagorical is <laughs> an appropriate uh, term to use, but uh, it's never too, never too dark, you know? Right. No one's ever pulling someone's intestines out slowly or something that, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that it doesn't end up with some kind of, you know, gross thing happening or even uh, uh, physical injury to people. Right. Death, death happens in these books. Yes. As we will, as we will find out. Josh. Yes. What do you have to say about this? Well, uh, on a personal note, he he also wrote a few adult novels, and one of those was Superstition. And I okay. was the first person in line at the library to get my hands on that book. I was the first one on the waiting list, and I promptly lost it. Oof. I don't know what <laughs> happened to it. Uh, I, re- I remember taking it with me to church, and then I no longer had it. Uh, so then I had to pay for it, <laughs> which was also not great, but you know, I still haven't read it to this day because, uh, again, I never found it. I just had to pay for it cause I lost it. Heartbreaking. Uh, I can't uh, even ask you how it was or just how adult it was because <laughs> I remember the beginning and I was like, okay, this, this, I, I, this is the same style of writing, but this is definitely geared more towards an adult reader. Like he, you know, okay. there's, there's a specific way that authors kind of curtail to the teens and then there's like the step up and you can definitely tell when he made that step up. So mm. It wasn't like it was more, it was more like, you know, uh, what could I say? Like, it wasn't more graphic or anything like that. It was just, it was just more adult uh, driven. It didn't start with Jimmy is taking Pam to pound town in the back of a Toyota when suddenly somebody comes (laughs) up and sticks a knife in Jimmy's ass, basically. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't that adult. It wasn't like that, no. But yeah, we're not writing Stephen just, King here. <laughs> yeah, it was just well more well written from what I remember. But um and uh, yeah, Goosebumps was a very important part of my life. Uh, I read them at the library a lot because we were waiting for my dad to pick us up, and so we could read one or two of those before you know because we me, I say we as me me and my brother uh, hmm. because we could read very quickly. So we could usually read one before he got there to pick us up, and then we take one with us for for the weekend. Uh, and I was going to also note that he not only did this spawn books, but he also had a TV series based on on the books. He has mm-hmm. movies based on the books, so he's also a television producer as well. Yeah, he was involved so, with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I noticed he has some some screenwriting credits to his name as well. Yeah. There's also a couple of video game adaptations that uh, that I have found out, uh, including a couple of uh, '90s kind of Windows PC games. 
one of them looked pretty interesting because it featured it was based in Horrorland, and there was a part of the game where you had Jeff Goldblum playing Dracula. <laughs> and I found the YouTube video of this, and it's it's hilarious to watch because it's just Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum while trying to keep fake vampire teeth in his mouth. <laughs> and we will, I will post this uh, the link to that YouTube video on our subreddit, so uh, you listeners at home can uh, can take a look at this this awesomeness that is one of the Goosebumps video game adaptations. That is Heck, I'm going to look at it. I want to see it. So. <laughs> so this week we're doing Welcome to Dead House. Yes, indeed. And the very first one. The very first book. Um, I remember getting this book. I, I, I clearly remember when I first started getting Goosebumps books, it was, uh, I didn't go to the library to get them. We got the Scholastic Order at school, and the one cool thing my my mom would always get me the next Goosebumps book as it came out. But the first one was Welcome to Dead House, and she's always been kind of macabre mm-hmm. herself, uh, witchcraft stuff and fun things like that. And so the idea of me reading horror novels didn't even spark anything towards her. She was like, "Sure, yeah, get them," you know. And I believe we were in third <laughs> grade when we started getting these books. Um, yeah. And because uh, it started coming out in '92, uh, you and I are in the same grade, and that would put us, uh, yeah, uh, late '92 was the start of our third grade year. Yep, we were in Mrs. Schulteis's class. We were in Mrs. Schulteis's class yep. <laughs> together, and she actually had to That's leave right. halfway through the year because she was pregnant and yep. she had a baby. And then the to last, baby. the end of the school year was done by a substitute teacher that worked at <laughs> Frank's Greenhouse. By the way, I might add. <laughs> Little little known piece of trivia. Little known piece of trivia yeah. because of my long memory. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember getting those the Scholastic Book Club kind of flyers. And the great thing about Goosebumps was just how beautiful, how beautifully brightly colored the uh, the cover always was. How instantly recognizable, and how your eye would just immediately catch like the next Goosebumps book in the series. So I would always go home uh, to my parents and say, this is the book that I want. Yep. Circle that motherfucker right on, <laughs> on the on the catalog. You need to fill out this order form now. <laughs> money now, mom. <laughs> Love you, mom. I don't understand money listener and you need the, to use listener it. Listener of the show. <laughs> yeah, oh, very, yeah, that's right. Follower mom, on our podcast on Podbean. <laughs> yes, our one follower on Podbean so far after one episode. Thank you so much, Esther. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Sorry, you have to hear me swear. <laughs> so, but yeah, let's get into the plot of Dead House. So, Dead House, all right, is uh, is about moving to a new home. And uh, Josh, uh, I know that this story rings true to you because, uh, according to this, you and the narrator of the book hated this house. Yeah, apparently, I hated it. I wouldn't even go in. <laughs> Yep, the very first line, Josh and I hated our new house. Yep. You're a star, baby. Yeah. I had had forgotten this about Goosebumps books, but they're written from a first-person perspective, first-person narration, and uh, I like to write. I don't do it all the time, but every now and again I get a bug in my ass and I I try to write some things that I never share with anybody. 
But I stopped writing from a first person perspective at one point because somebody told me that you're not supposed to write from a first person perspective. No one would read a book written from a first person perspective. And I had noticed that a lot of books mm. are more written from third person. But then after I started reading this book, I was like, man, fuck that guy. I am going to start <laughs> writing from first person perspective again because this is it, these are engaging books. Uh, the majority of what I read outside of, you know, this is in first person. Uh, I read a lot of urban fantasy, so that's like, okay, I'm Harry Dresden. I'm a wizard. It's my story. <laughs> so I'm I'm doing it, you know? Or uh, the other ones that I read, there, it's all first person because it's just, it's a good way of writing, you know? It is, to have the narrator uh, be involved. Yeah, because... Obviously, right. I well, not obviously, but when I was in college, creative writing was my minor. So I have some experience writing myself and learning different techniques. And one of the things that I noticed in this book, one of the things that you hear about is, is that you're supposed to only show. Don't don't tell you show. But mm -hmm. what happens in this book a lot that I noticed was that uh, she does both. The I say she is in the narrator. Uh, she she does both. She does do some of the things that she shows where it's more of a detailed description and she's just like, you know, the wind was, the, like, the darkness enveloped us as we drove through the town type thing. Yeah. But at the same time, she's a 12-year-old. So she's like, I was wearing a blue shirt and khaki pants, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So it's like, you the don't have to just do one style. You can do multiple things. The shadows things. were everywhere. The, yeah. the opening to describe the house is, sure, it was big. It looked like a mansion compared to our old house. It was a tall red brick house with a sloping black roof and rows of windows framed by black shutters. And, I mean, that definitely brings you into, like, man, I'm looking at this house. It was It's a good descriptive way without getting too much into it. Yeah, it never gets bogged down with details. It uh, keeps it simple enough for the mind of a 12-year-old. And the exactly. themes of there being death surrounding this area, this house, this area, uh, come in with, uh, it says, it was the middle of July, but dead brown leaves blanketed the front yard. So, you know, a time of the year that there should be bright colored leaves in the trees everywhere. There's dead brown leaves everywhere. So there's death is obvious, mm -hmm. obvious theme from the beginning on this book. You immediately have that dissonance of, you know, how things should be, but... It's the middle of summer, but everything is cold and dark, and there's leaves everywhere like it's fall. Something's wrong. So something's not yeah. right. That's building atmosphere. It is. That's what that is. <laughs> yep. And, and, and he's it's, good it's at that. It's effective. It, all through it. It's I mean, a, very simple, a very simple language, but just effectiveness. It's, it's economy of, of words. Mm -hmm. So those first two people we met are Josh the younger brother, and Amanda is the narrator, the older sister. And uh, they have are being torn from their home. They have to leave their home where all their friends are, where they've grown up, to move to this house because a great uncle of their father has left this house to them, apparently. And An uncle they never knew existed. They had no idea he existed. They're, we're introduced to a real estate agent named Mr. Dawes, who is a young guy who's really friendly and recently moved to the area himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I want to bring up is is the dad, because we meet the dad and the mom as well. Um, 
And it's it's so strange because we know a little bit. We know about the dad. But we don't know a whole lot about the mom. Like we know that the dad is has like a boring job. So I'm guessing that he's having like some type of a midlife crisis. Um, <laughs> yep. And uh, if they have money problems, first off, why does the why does the child know that they have money problems? I don't think they uh, said they had money problems. <laughs> They're not talking about having yeah, money problems. Yeah, but she says she says that they have money problems. No, it wasn't. After it w- after we after we move to this new house and sell our old house, we won't have to worry about money anymore. No, the dad wants to stop working. Working, yeah. Yeah, he wants to stop He'd his job. He's been looking job. for an excuse to quit his boring office yep. job and devote all of his time to his writing career. Yes. So yes. they're going to sell their so house. He was jumping at the chance to live in a in a house that's free of charge, yep. not even care that uh, <laughs> he didn't even know that he had this great uncle that's mysteriously leaving them a house. And clearly this girl doesn't know much about money because, I mean, what are they going to get for their house? Like $120,000, 1992 market, depending on the house. Uh, they aren't yeah. living on that money for a whole long time. And do they have their <laughs> house paid off? on the neighborhood. I mean, part of that money's got to go to the mortgage. So let's say they only get $60,000. That is one year. <laughs> one year of money for dad to sit home looking, and write. I, I guess I was looking at it from a different perspective of like, okay, so they have this amazing house. Are they going, is this the first time they're seeing it? This like, is. sight unseen? Okay. Apparently. Yep. Yeah. So... If they go there and they see that it's not great, why wouldn't they just try to sell it? Right. Why wouldn't they sell this house? Because they <laughs> they aren't yeah. moving in right now. They're just going to see the house at the beginning of the book. They're not. Yeah. They're not actually moving in at that moment. They don't move in for a couple more weeks. So yeah, yeah I mean, because then you don't have a, then you don't have a book. <laughs> <laughs> then you don't have a my, story. Um, so this they is have true. To. What it tells me <laughs> is that you know if the dad isn't necessarily broke he's definitely bad at making money decisions because you could sell this big mansion house or you could sell your house that you want to move out of because it's small and basic right i think i think basically they they still owed probably they probably were still making payments on their old house and they they did say it was small to a place it was small and tight and it was a smaller house yeah and this is a mansion compared to the old house so and then they they did leave that little that little breadcrumb, the little plot uh, thread in there that they couldn't sell, that they didn't yep. sell the house immediately, which gives them an out for later on, right? Which is very very clever. Yeah, in this is true. What's really interesting is that I definitely didn't think about any of that when I was twelve years old reading this book. <laughs> yeah, oh, as no. an adult yeah, with a right. mortgage, none of that came yeah, up. As an ad- yeah, it's just a story of a family movie. Yeah, but as an adult with a mortgage, I'm like, geez, why are they making these kind of decisions? This guy's a psycho. <laughs> right. Twelve year old me was thinking like, oh man, it'd be so awesome to move away and start a new life. Oh, I love it. <laughs> In a big old haunted house. Well, I wouldn't want the haunted house part. Hey, it's not well, haunted. She, Amanda Mr. does Doss see so. a face in the window right away. as they're coming in right away. A, a young boy in the upstairs window. Yep. Yeah, but Mr. Dawes said it's not haunted. So obviously it's not haunted, you guys. <laughs> Duh. Right at one point he says that there are there are rumors about other houses, but this house isn't one of them. Yep. No, no. so there's no uh no worry here. We Mr. Dawes is assuring them that this house is perfectly fine, even though it looks 
super creepy, like it's staring at you because of the windows on the second story. And you saw a boy in that window. Ha ha ha. <laughs> she does immediately is, run oh. up the stairs to try and find this boy, though. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I would have done that. Well, see, I was going to say we, we are introduced to the true hero of the story, Petey, uh, the dog, because, yep. I mean, obviously dogs always it's it's just known. <laughs> dogs know. They're they're Dogs smarter than us in the supernatural know. sense. Think about they're it. Like Every a, movie, they're a creeper detector. Yeah, they know. So it's like that's usually their only function in a story. Also, yeah, yeah. He's funny. He funny immediately starts works. yipping at Mister Dawes too. He's <laughs> going at Mister Dawes, trying to bark at him. Mister Dawes just kind of like, uh, you know, maybe he smells something on me. Yeah, death. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe it's death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a weird kind of hierarchy here in the in these stories where like the the parents don't treat the kids uh uh don't take the kids seriously when they have uh misgivings and the kids don't take the pets all the way seriously when the pet starts acting up that is true Petey just mm-hmm. starts barking and i don't know what's wrong with the dog what's what's wrong with Petey, he never acts guys? like this <laughs> What's wrong with Wolfie? I can hear him barking. Yeah, what's wrong with Wolfie? <laughs> Both your parents are dead. <laughs> That's when the T-1000 shows up and slices Josh's head off. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, End it was you story. that had to go first. Better movie. It's a better movie. No, it's not. Terminator 2 is pretty much flawless. I love that movie. But, uh... Yes. <laughs> but anyways, Let's not go Petey, off doesn't, on that <laughs> Petey doesn't really like Mr. Dawes. Correct. Nope. This and is it, another good part where the the dog goes off and is he's more the setting, uh, I should say, because the, he goes and stiffs around the dead flowers. It's the middle of July. Flowers should not be dead. Yep. All the flowers are, are dead as well. Yep. And the leaves should not be off the trees. Yeah. So another good, good setting piece. And so everybody goes so. inside the house except for Josh. He stays outside with Petey because he's super stubborn. He doesn't want to go inside. He's like, fuck this house. I'm staying out here. Dad is like, ah, whatever. Let him stay outside. I don't care. Which, I mean, I assume that when the kids are 11 and 12, I'm going to be a little bit more allowing them to go. But these parents just let these kids, like, they're gone. And they're like, go, go be gone. And we're just going to be here. And that was very 90s. I mean, that was how it was. I was going to say, it was 92. Yeah, we were gone all the time. And Mm, Shyla made that comment. Latchkey. Yes. Shyla actually made that comment. Um, She goes, yeah, they were always latchkey kids. And I'm like, yeah, they were. We were all latchkey kids. Right. It's It was how it was in the 90s. Yeah. yeah, like 80s and 90s. throughout through the, the all the all the goosebumps stories that you know I can think of, there's always a disconnect between the parents and the kids. Uh, obviously, you need you know, that kind of conflict to drive the story forward, but there's never really partnership between the parents and the kids. In one in one way, that's a, that's a great way of having uh, the child audience uh, kind of gravitate towards stories where you know, the kids are the driving agent of the story, but it's also kind of reflective of a disconnect between parents and their kids in the culture at large. 
Right, how we kind of, as we grow up, when we're kids, we we want that connection, but the ki- the parents are always kind of like, oh, come on, I got things to do, I'm blah, blah, blah. And then when we get older and we have kids of our own, we're like, yes, I want to pay attention to you, I want to do these things with you, but I also have some things I need to do too. And we kind of grow into being these parents in a way. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and then yeah, the because cradle, of the man. way that we because of the way that we grew up, I know Josh doesn't have kids, but uh, Harold and I, we're I don't I, I can't speak for Harold as much, but I do know some of it, uh, his situations and everything. But we're closer buddies with our kids than our parents were to us. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, because we we didn't l- really like that disconnect with our with our parents growing up. Uh, that it that is what it was. So when we catch ourselves, you know, uh, f- establishing that distance with our own kids, we're like, okay, my stuff is important, but my kid's important too, and he needs his dad to be in his <laughs> to show interest in his life because that's not what I experienced growing up. And I, d- I don't want to pass that on. Right. I need to reel this back in and throw my Spider-Man costume on. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's time to go jump around I'm, and play with the kids doing something yep. imaginary. Come on, boy. We're getting our Spider-Man costumes on. <laughs> my yep. dad would never do that with me. <laughs> no. And I couldn't see my dad having jumped into a Spider-Man costume back then either. <laughs> and that's not to say that they were wrong to do it. It was just kind of the it's a way that things have changed over the years. I mean, we say there was a disconnect with our parents. But I mean, I know when my dad tells me stories about with his parents, I mean, they were even more disconnected. The kids yeah. were essentially gone in the woods. It's a like, generational thing. Yeah. They're either right. helping do the, the housework, the farm work or, whatever, or the chores or whatever, or they didn't matter. Just yeah, be they back, were fucked off wherever. Be back tonight and go to bed. Yep. <laughs> If you need, if you get in trouble, if, uh, come to me and I'll take care of it, but you're on your own. Go find some kids to play with. However, Bruce has told me before that he like saw something in the kitchen and stuff and I totally didn't believe him. So, I mean, I get that part of it where they're like, I don't believe that you saw a ghost <laughs> and you know, Bruce like, I saw right. a black monster and I'm like, no, you kids didn't. and their imaginations. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Monsters aren't real, buddy. And who knows, I might, you know, end up getting mauled by this giant black monster at some point, And I'll be like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but Goosebumps, I mean, we know what these kids see. And we were like, come on, mom and dad, believe your children. Yeah, why are they They're coming that? to you in grave danger. <laughs> <laughs> and Amanda and Josh's parents just seem completely in their own worlds. And yep. yeah. Their mom even like threatens to kill Josh a couple times. <laughs> yep. She says, "I'm gonna kill that boy. I, I will kill him. I mean it." Yep. And and see, that... I don't. I, I that's not unheard of in the '90s. That's nope. just the thing you say. It was. It was not uncommon. It's just you know you. That was just how they said it. It's not mm-hmm. what's gonna actually. happen. That was how parents talked. I'm gonna kill that boy. And yeah, they weren't actually or, gonna kill him. They're just gonna beat him with a paddle. Or my dad's gonna kill me. Yep. If he finds hey, out I did or this. Or a wooden spoon. Wooden spoon. Wooden spoon. <laughs> my mom had a paddle that was um, shaped like a hand and her friend had made it for Ooh. her and it actually he had painted a face on it and it was called the hand and on the back it had like 10 rules. Uh, it's okay, mom. It was okay back then. Not so much today, I don't think. But, <laughs> yeah. but I will give her this. When my mom would spank my brother and I when we would be being terrible uh, we usually would laugh at her while she spanked us, and that was the reason she ended up getting the paddle. 
Ah. <laughs> right. Just the, just the bare hand wasn't wasn't it, uh, a yeah. strong enough disincentive. Nope, it was not. So what? Ha- so she runs upstairs. She runs upstairs, and yeah, and and she's like, okay, well, I must have been seeing things. It's no big deal. And then she's like, oh, this house is not bad. And she goes and she goes up into the attic, and she finds she's like boxes to explore. Does this actually happen, or is this just a trope? Like, have you ever heard of someone moving into a house and there's just random boxes that they get to go through? Because you, I've heard of people going to like the grandparents' houses and finding stuff. So, but like, does that happen? Do people move into houses then? Uh, I don't know. People just left their stuff. So one time, <laughs> uh, we moved into a house uh, down in Oak Grove, Michigan, and uh, we lived there for probably about a year or two. I don't know. Um, and at one point, I had gone into one of the attic rooms, and there was like a loft in this attic room. the The room itself was like a giant unfinished closet and then there was a loft like an attic loft in that room and i climbed up there and uh i found some magazines uh and they became something i i held on to for a while one of them was called jugs the other was called (laughs) the other was called shaved and the third was called like beautiful behinds or something it was mainly about anal um but yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i found these three magazines that i then of course took and hid in my room somewhere so sometimes you do find magical treasures in a house that get left behind good That's old excellent. great uncle what's his face yep, yep. <laughs> great uncle charles <laughs> thanks to great, great uncle, uncle charles, charles i got yep. my first jugs magazine i have to say i didn't like the jugs <laughs> one so much they were obnoxious. The boobs were obnoxious. <laughs> well, it was probably the 80s, correct? Well, I mean, they were all like, uh, no, this was in the 90s. This was, uh, oh, uh, maybe so, the magazine was the, from the, the 80s. The silicone. Yeah. I just mean the silicone yeah. was in full effect. They were all very clearly um, doctored boobs. Like they had been, they had had some work and it was early work for sure. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was not yeah, exactly. pre, pre-computer Photoshop. Yeah. Well, it just wasn't to today's terms. And I mean, when I say doctored, I mean surgically doctored on the actual human being. So, it, yeah, no, these were these were usually fake boobs. But I mean, they were clearly in the early days when the doctors were figuring out how to make those boobs look good. <laughs> God bless advances in technology. Oh, man, if we didn't have that. <laughs> well, now we have that show botched. So, yep. that. <laughs> Now she so uh she gets to her room and she's like oh my room is huge <laughs> guys she's gonna have room for a whole computer oh that's right she can get yeah. an ENIAC she could get a computer now she There's can get a whole computer a whole computer <laughs> maybe a sweet dial up modem as I stare twenty eight point eight percent or twenty eight point eight kilobyte Oh, that's so fast. I don't know if she would have been able to get a modem at that point. Oh, maybe she would have. Yeah. 92. That would have been very early. That would have been like news groups. Right. Stuff like Mm. that. So this is just for her to write papers, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. For the youngins, uh, news groups are uh, the prehistoric Facebook kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Just message boards for the super nerds. Yeah. Also, I thought it was funny that she mentioned, like, she's like, oh, which posters am I going to bring? Uh, didn't you just say your room is huge and wouldn't you be able to bring them all if, if it, your room is so big? 
Well, she's got that computer. It's, she's not going to have room for all her oh, posters because she's going to be putting that computer in there. <laughs> she's going to print off so many banners on her uh, dot matrix printer. <laughs> <laughs> so she sees the boy again at this point. Yeah. That's what I like. I, I noticed that each chapter has like a little, a fun little cliffhanger. It's like, ooh. It, so it's like you, you, you want to read the next page no matter what. Like, it, it makes you motivates you to read the next chapter yeah you're either starting the next chapter right away or you're you're in suspense until you can pick the book back up again and usually it's just kind of oh ha 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 it's just my brother playing a trick on me but that's earlier on in the in the story later on when they when they meet the actual villains and and monsters that's when the the cliffhangers get more dire and yeah um so then we get to chapter two and what I noticed that... Holy shit, that was is, all one chapter? <laughs> that was, that all, was one all one chapter. chapter. This is why we Holy said Dead fuck. House had its own episode. No, so, but <laughs> yeah. Petey... Th- at this point, they realize that Petey and Josh are gone. They can't find Petey and Josh. Um, yes. That's what moves us into chapter two, is because they've disappeared. Yeah, and uh, so it, basically what that what the chapter two is doing is just showing you the setting of the town. It's taking you through the town, showing you that, like, Dark Falls is super dark it's just like shade everywhere um there's very little sunlight the only only type of only place that there really is sunlight is on the streets and in the cemetery which is where we found uh it's where we we see where they find we josh. See josh and Petey. yeah and end of the chapter is like josh was running away from something oh my god yeah he's definitely getting chased by something mm-hmm so the a chap- cliffhanger. The chapter yeah. three begins. Wait a minute. He's not running from. He's not running from something. He's chasing something. He's chasing Petey through the graveyard. So Petey is interested in the cemetery. All of a sudden, uh, again, he's acting strangely because Petey never ran away. In fact, they don't even put Petey on a leash until they move to this town because of this. Uh, it's not normal for the dog to leave their side. So yeah, they find them, and uh, we also find out what uh, Mr. Dawes' first name is. Compton. He's from City Compton of Compton. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just I was basically setting you up for that. <laughs> yeah, but they note that he has a very distinct name, which will which will be important later on. And it's funny because he says, maybe my parents didn't know how to spell Charlie. And I'm like, well, if they couldn't spell Charlie, how'd they come up with Compton and spell it properly? (laughs) Said the man named Harold. So I got a question with this one right here. So he, uh, at this point, he says this whole thing about him being, maybe his parents couldn't spell Charlie. And they had gotten into this car, right? And Compton was driving the car. And I was confused at this moment, because they went out, they got in the car, Compton drove, he drove them around, they parked the car in front of his tiny office, they do all this stuff, uh, and then they walk outside, and Compton opens up the uh, trunk, pulls his blazer out, and puts his Stetson hat back on, and then Dad climbs behind the wheel of the car and drives away. Why did they let the realtor drive their car? Because they're new to the town, and they didn't know the area very well, so they yeah, let he the, knew the area realtor better. drive. I guess, yeah. but if I were going to be driving around this shady one little tiny school Literally for all the grades, shady. yeah, 
<clears throat> one little tiny school for all the grades town, I'm pretty sure Compton could sit in the passenger seat and direct me around. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty trusting. Yeah, to just let him drive the car. It I is that 1992, was so I think that that's just it was part. I think it was part of the time, like and you know, small town. I'm from a small town. You you kind of just have that trust. You let people do do things like drive your car because you're in the car it's not like hey i'm gonna take your car and leave no you're in the car with them so <laughs> right what are they gonna do to you you literally know where they live yeah <laughs> this is true yeah. also like i'm buying a house or i'm getting this house from you so obviously you're part of the town i or he's new he's new to the town too you know but he knew it better than them he is a realtor realtors drive around a lot so this is true yeah I just thought it was funny. I'm like, I wouldn't let some fucking guy just drive my car. <laughs> like, hey, dude, yeah, you drive us. You drive us around. Yeah. So, so um, yep, they go back to their original house, and she's having all these all these thoughts and feelings, and she's like, oh, I just laid down in the bed. Um, that's called anxiety. It happens. Uh, <laughs> it's I believe okay. she even notes that she was anxious. She doesn't say that she's anxious. She just says, I have all these thoughts and feelings. And she just laid down on her bed and stared at the ceiling. Uh, that's normal because you're yep. moving to a whole new place. You have anxiety about it. It's it's fine. <laughs> well, and from a kid's <laughs> perspective, it's, it's, you have no control of it either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's He's presenting it in such a way that he's showing, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know what, what it is. I didn't know what anxiety was when I was a kid, but I knew what how what that felt like, you know, those feelings. Mm-hmm. Were. So he does. he's portraying it in a way that a 12-year-old would have it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, Her best friend, um, she mentions that people were surprised that they had stayed friends, and the reason that people were surprised are because they look so different. She's tall, thin, and dark, and Kathy is apparently fair-skinned with long blonde hair and a little chubby. I, I guess I didn't know. I, I don't really think I thought about people's looks as far as whether or not I would be friends with them when I was in elementary school. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. Why does, it was weird. Why does similar, similarity in, in looks or physical descriptions, why would that make for, uh, for being better friends or not? Right. And then she goes on to defend the neighborhood from Kathy because Kathy tells her, yeah, at least you get to move out of this crummy neighborhood. And she's like, it's not a crummy neighborhood. But she had never defended the neighborhood before. So it's, it's again, that that change is causing her to be like, I'm suddenly going to defend this place, you know, because I don't want to mm-hmm. move. And they it's long enough away that, you know, you know, an hour away. Yeah, we would probably drive it pretty, pretty easily. Justin and I were friends from an hour away for most of our friendship, at least an hour away. Um, we did a lot of traveling on the weekends to to hang out with each other. So it's not unheard mm-hmm. of, but, you know, if they want to talk on the phone, again, this is in the 90s, so it wasn't like they could have their own phones to talk to each other on. They had to do that at the behest of the parents. Can I use the phone right now? Because it's the only phone we have in the house, and it's attached to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> And you have to be using the phone to use the internet. Yep. Yeah. If she wants to use that computer on the internet, uh, she's going to be using the phone line. So. Yeah. She's going to be up late at night, apparently, because that's the only time that we were allowed to get on the internet. <laughs> Was after the time that any <laughs> important calls might, uh, <laughs> might not be, uh, be happening. 
Well, and obviously she'll be getting this computer because dad's going to sell the house and then have enough money to not worry about money anymore. So, oh yeah, she's come rolling in. She's got room in. She's got space in her room for it. Yeah, they got writer money, yo. Writer <laughs> yeah. money. Writer income, man. Dad is already. It's just like this award-winning podcast. Dad is already an award-winning author right away. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Who needs to work when you can just say you're award-winning? <laughs> Amanda and Kathy say their their teary goodbyes, and even though they're gonna be uh, Amanda's gonna be moving four hours away, they say that they're gonna visit each other all the time, which they know it's not gonna happen. Oh, and right. yeah, so they're twelve. Hours. Kathy never gets mentioned again in the book, so <laughs> no, she is brought up two more times. Is she? I she's never... in a dream. Yep, she's she in is a in a dream. Yep, and then she mentions her one time. <laughs> Just oh, randomly. <laughs> she mentions her when that. she's meeting the other kids in the town. She mentions Kathy. That's Kathy. it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But it's just an offhanded mention because somebody right. reminds her of Kathy, I think. Okay. Yeah. She never comes to visit again. No. no <laughs> they never no. actually visit. So, yeah. So but, they, uh, then they, they move, move into the house for real. Yep. It was a dark and stormy night. Mm-hmm. Dark as night. Dark as night <laughs> during the daytime. <laughs> The and dog. Amanda is hearing things. She's seeing curtains billow with the with the window closed. She thinks she sees kids uh, just standing there from time to time. Yep, some girl with black hair standing at the at the top of the stairs, whispers and giggles yeah. from her closet. She lays in her bed and she feels like uh, there's bugs crawling all over. Her. Yeah, that's yeah. So, so there's some moody. <laughs> gloomy spooky stuff going on yeah this is like I, I i put in my notes there there's great writing in here to set up the chill and the fear of the unknown this is where i got i actually got goosebumps when i was reading it i was like ooh, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> ooh there's a goosebump ooh, there's a goosebump right there i just want to but um i want to mention that they they and i'm going to mention this just so it can come up later uh they hired painters to come in and paint the inside the house and stuff like that around the house. Oh, I, oh, I, I think I notated the same. Thing. Yeah, so they hired painters. Uh, <laughs> so the house has been painted. Yes, the house has been painted. Yes, that doesn't seem like it's important <laughs> now, but it will be important later. It will. Okay, I can't wait. Yeah, so <clears throat> she sees the boy again. She sees him staring out one of the windows. That was another thing There's when they when the they window. rolled up. Yep. Um, <laughs> She wondered whether or not she should be upstairs alone because maybe that boy was dangerous. I mean, yeah, if there's some kid like hanging out in your house, what the fuck is he doing there? I I would want someone to come with me. I would be insistent. Like, someone needs to come with me. There mm-hmm. is somebody up here. Of course, they wouldn't have found him. And all the while, she's trying to tell her mom that she sees something and mom just brushes her off every single time. No, for sure. Do- doesn't believe her. Doesn't go with her to go see what's what's wrong or anything she's just it, she's just always busy always, always busy. too busy too busy i got <laughs> they had to unpack everything they uh yeah. they still needed to unpack everything the movers didn't get there right away but once the movers did get there they they needed to unpack and so these kids they uh they needed them to get out of the house uh Go on an unsupervised walk in this town where we know no one and you don't know where you're going right now. Get out of here. Don't come right. back I guess for hours. I guess you there's like two types of people. Ahead. Like when you, you move. Way ahead. When you move, 
like I guess there's two types of people. Everything has to be unpacked and put away as soon as fucking possible, or it takes forever to <laughs> to be finished unpacking. I've been in there's my house for one, ten years, and there's some other. stuff that isn't unpacked <laughs> from your last move, from your move into yeah. the house. I so, don't think that everybody unpacks everything, but it's just a sense of urgency with which you need to set up your right. new living space. No, and I mean, the stuff in the basement that isn't unpacked surely doesn't need to be in our living area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Josh so I actually wanted to me. go back a little bit because you guys were you guys are jumping way ahead. There, There's a whole bunch about this whole first first night that that I I wanted to bring up because this is where we bring up the, where the sibling relationship is is really brought together because okay. what what happens is uh, her little brother she goes up to investigate and to see if there's a boy up up in the up upstairs so he she goes up there by herself but then Josh does go up and scare her but then she turns around and does the exact same thing to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And scares the crap out of him. But then the true hero comes along and licks her hand like, are you okay? Because PD is a true hero. Um, so uh, I like I like that part where they set up the, the sibling. Like, yeah, brothers and, you know, siblings do that to each other. You know? Which is especially in Goosebumps. Yeah. Yep. It's very, very Goosebumps. Yep. Correct. And it's annoying to the parents. They don't want, they're like, stop yes. screwing with each other, which I, yep. I have two kids and I can tell you, I agree with the parents. <laughs> <laughs> Just call a fucking truce already and stop. My goodness. <laughs> I also uh, wanted to bring up the fact that she couldn't fall asleep and her mom also didn't get any sleep. Her brother had bad sleep. Dad probably we don't know about the dad, so apparently he was fine. He but sleeps like a baby. <laughs> that that is actually called first night effect. It is a natural human safeguard that we have because basically only one part of our brain will shut down because uh you know just the we we need to be alert in case there is a predator that's coming to eat us. But you know now we don't have that, but it's still a thing that just naturally our body responds that way. Hmm. So. Like that's why sometimes when you're on vacation, you have that first night, you don't have a really good good sleep. It's because of that type of thing is what happens. So I hope there isn't a bear outside just, my hotel room. <laughs> so I was like, I, I thought I would uh, look that up, and I was like, I wonder if there's an actual name for it. Not really. It's just called first night effect. So that was nice. Uh, and you guys just skipped over the dream. Come on. No, we didn't. I, dream was we skip, I don't think we got there yet. We didn't get there. Well, see, you guys had already him. talked about the girl and that girl hadn't come into play yet. So, well, yeah, that's true. Well, you just mentioned that she was there. So no, she does have a dream that first night. Uh, she, uh, wakes or let's see. She had the dream. Hmm. So, um, she had, she, what she does, she ha- wakes up. She has a bad night, but she does get to sleep eventually. Um, she sees the the things, her curtains billowing, and they say billowing I don't know how many times. <laughs> and so I was like, there has to be another word for billow. So here are some syn- synonyms for billow. Swell. Bulge. <laughs> ballin'. 
I know that one doesn't really work in this case. But in, in this case, moving. You could say moving. Right. <laughs> uh, but- so those are just a few synonyms for, for billow. Just letting you guys know that. <laughs> but I can remember as a kid, like reading, so I, like as I was reading through this, uh, Bruce was looking at it with me and he wanted to try and read some words and we would come to some of these words. And I can remember reading these words when I was a kid and loving like a word I hadn't seen yet. And mm. billowing would have probably fit into that. Um, in any case, when she got up to go close the window to stop the wind from blowing her curtains uh, the window was not open. It was creepy. Closed tight. So yeah, and then so it's closed, but she gets back into bed, and then and that's when she has the dream. That is when yes. she has the dream. She dreamed that they were all dead. Uh, they were sitting around a dinner table, and uh, their skin was gone. Our skin was gone, and only gray green skulls were left. Bits of flesh clung to my bony cheeks. There were only deep black sockets where my eyes had been. And they actually were sitting around the table uh, and their platter and their plates were filled with gray green bones piled up. Human looking bones. Mm-hmm. And this is where Kathy gets a little bit of play. Um, I was going to say, yep. Kathy's at the door. There was a loud knocking on the door and it was Kathy and they could see her, but they couldn't, she couldn't get up to open the door. It was, uh, and I think we've all had that kind of dream where we can't, we can't move or we can't. Uh, run. Mm. Yeah, you can't get away. Can't get away. So Kathy represents the safety that she left behind, the the outside world. Uh, ah. Like she's she's now trapped in some place that she can't get out of. Yep. And when she woke a up, dead place. A dead place. Yeah, a dead place. A dead house. <gasps> Whoa! He said the thing. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> When she woke up from this dream, it was morning. The curtains were billowing again, and the window <laughs> was still closed. Still billowing. Dad's suggestion still here. billowing. <laughs> they're still billowing. Dad's suggestion here when she says this, he says, oh, there's got to be a leak. And she says, no, there's no leak. I, I felt around. There was nothing. He goes, there must be a pane missing. And I'm like, <laughs> a whole pane of glass missing from the fu- from this window? <laughs> Like, that's an issue. That's a serious issue. <laughs> Maybe there's no window there at all. Did you Did you check? Did you try to feel the glass? <laughs> Maybe it's just so... <laughs> Maybe since it's not double pane, only single pane, the air is still getting through the glass. Yeah, you know, glass uh, on an atomic <laughs> level would actually be somewhat porous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that dream, hoove, the, uh, the, the imagery, the... Like, this... This is a kid's book, but they're they're just flesh rotted off of skeletons eating human bones. Mm-hmm. This is some this is some hardcore stuff. This is pretty metal. It's pretty dark. It's pretty dark for especially if you think that you know we we're probably ten, eleven, twelve reading it. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, I was a typically superstitious uh, kind of not really crazy about the dark or basements or going into dark places kid. And I, I think it's mm-hmm. funny that I, I loved goosebumps. I read them all the time, even though I was kind of a scaredy cat about things previous to reading goosebumps. Yeah. I was the same way. Like I would always, I would not tell anybody, but I would close the basement door whenever I saw it open is because it was so dark down there. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want a dark passageway 
uh, yawning into uh, you know where I was, where there was where there was light. I I hated that that dark opening mm-hmm. <laughs> going down to the basement. So I'd always either turn on the lights on this in the staircase, or better yet, close the door. Mom, just close the door. Sorry, mom. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> mom wasn't too Sorry, worried mom, about boys in in her room. Like, in fact, she kind of blows it off with the, you know boys in your room, curtains blowing. Ugh, you're just nervous, and this Man. is your imagination. Like, wait, shouldn't you be worried about boys in your daughter's room? If there's a boy <laughs> sneaking around, Fern's mom, right in the middle of the night. <laughs> I was going to say, if this was Fern's mom, oh, she'd be super happy. <laughs> like, you? Oh, boys. When can I expect my first grandchild? <laughs> yeah. You'll be nine <laughs> next year, Fern. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting any younger. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, it is yeah. the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> and there's uh, our first call back to Charlotte's wedding. Uh, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome, guys. Yay. <laughs> The mom also notes that the house is really damp and the dad's like, oh, a little sunshine will dry this place out. I think we've established in the first four or five <laughs> chapters here that there we is no sunshine. sunshine. <laughs> yeah. I also like how they're, uh, they're like, Josh needs to know what's going to go on just so he can disagree. And I'm like, hmm, disagreeing just to disagree sounds similar to things going on. Yeah, Josh is super <laughs> stubborn. He's super stubborn, and he 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 wants what he wants, and when he doesn't get it, he just does it anyway. Josh, yeah. Josh, I think that's what Josh Man, means. That's I'm the, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is Latin for the worst. Aww, I thought it meant a jokey thing. <laughs> nope, no jokes. Nope, I'm just a sad man. <laughs> <laughs> So the parents are unpacking and she's coming downstairs and she's going on about the boys in her room and the whispering and the blowing curtains and mom is fed up. They are unpacking right now and they cannot take it. So this is when they tell the kids, you need to get out of the house. We don't want to see you until lunchtime. Um, Right. And Josh, of course, doesn't want to go and keeps on bringing up things he wants. He wants his basketball. He wants his bikes. Yeah. He he keeps pestering his dad to find the basketball that's packed away somewhere, but it's not high on dad's priority list. No. Which is reasonable. I mean, I'm with the dad on this. (laughs) Yeah. You got legs. You can walk it out. Come on. But Josh decides he's not going out unless he can take his basketball. Yep. And that's also not high on the priority list for dad. And, uh, I think Josh kind of finds out at some point here, seeing as though he does eventually go, that, you know, he doesn't really have a lot of say in this. Dad does have the final say here. <laughs> I did get a chuckle out of the half conversation because we only heard the dad side and it was quite funny. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't, right. basically it boiled down to, I don't care. Just go away. <laughs> right. You know. Now, and right at that moment, that's when Amanda sees a girl at the top of the stairs. So while Josh is pestering dad about basketball, Amanda's trying to get dad's attention about a ghost she's seeing. But of course, when dad comes, there's a pile of clothes at the top of the stairs, which I'm like, how tall was this pile of clothes? Like, and how did you get so many clothes (laughs) piled up by the top of this? You're still unpacking stuff. (laughs) It's true. So, uh, yeah. I actually think one of the main characters in this uh, story is the window, because the window is quite <laughs> often uh, 
talked about because there's always something in the window. There's either a boy or a face or something. Yep, yep. And the window is, it might be broken. It might have a pain out. So <laughs> I was like, hey, I think that uh, the window is actually an invisible main character in this in this story. Well, and there's some mice too, apparently. Dad uh, Dad explains away the girl and the noises and the billowing window. Ah, yes. Or sh- or, yeah, with the... Uh, with some mice, which excites Josh. He he must want to catch them and keep them because, I mean, I can relate. I remember being a kid. I actually found some mice one time when I was a kid, and my brother and I tried to keep them, and they died. Uh-huh. Yeah. They weren't – they were abandoned infant mice, and there was no way for, uh, there was no way for us to save them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, probably a reason they were abandoned, actually. <laughs> Well, I mean, where I lived, there were a lot of garden snakes and, uh, like, hawks and oh. stuff. So, most likely the mom okay, or so dad was killed. Yeah. We found him in a field. Uh, so, so she- they go into, they go for a walk into the town. And, yeah, uh, yeah she's going to find, uh, she said something about finding real friends. So, yep. they go and uh, they meet. They head this towards they the meet. school that's a couple blocks away. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They want to check out the school. And then suddenly and a boy pops out from <laughs> from behind a ledge. Yeah, bam, just out there. Oh, and I liked <laughs> uh the imagery where he they talk about how they were walking down the driveway kicking at the dead brown leaves, like making sure we know there's dead brown leaves, and you can almost imagine that you can feel that, like you're kicking through the leaves. Mm. I I liked that. I don't know why. Yeah. It stuck out to me. It's great that he but never yeah. goes overboard with describing scenery, just like just enough to set to set an atmosphere. Right. And then from there on out, you know that they're kicking at these leaves and you can almost feel you can almost hear that crunch and that walk as they're kicking through and walking down the, the driveway. It's it's I don't know. I I did think all all the way while I was reading through this, I'm like, you know, these are this book is good. I'm not even just looking at it from the sense of a, a child, I mean, I enjoyed reading this at 37 years old. I actually had a good time reading this book. <laughs> hmm I, I concur. I liked yep. that it was easy. I didn't like that there were no pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so Ray is who we meet here, and he, like, popped out at them, and then shyly said hi, which is like, you know, that's uh, that's different, man. Why'd you jump out and scare us and then get all shy all of a sudden? Yeah. <laughs> but a this bit, boy, a little bit weird. He yeah. just pops out and is shy. <laughs> this boy has wavy blonde hair. Um, not anything that she thinks to be strange at this point, but uh, the description of the boy that was in the house was somebody with blonde hair. Mm. So, and you know, tr- the true hero makes it known. Petey. Yep, not he to trust like him. Ray. He doesn't like Ray. He's he's barking, he's yipping, he's sniffing, he's growling, and Ray also says, well, maybe he just smells something on me. So you uh, call him a hero. I think he's just a glorified Geiger counter. You don't like dogs. I you don't, don't like dogs. You don't I don't like really dogs. think dogs are people. You don't understand dogs. <laughs> They're not people. They're dogs, but dogs are Who does are he great. save? They're Who do- does the dog save? He can't even save himself. <laughs> Dogs are better than people. That's because the they of it. put them on a leash. <laughs> yeah, they put him on a leash and totally screwed it all up. He could have done it if he had, if that was yeah, the that's case. What we'll, <laughs> he could have yeah. taken out all those dead fuckers. Yep. 
<laughs> but anyways. So Ray tells them, hey, you know, let's let's head over to the playground and play, which, you know, I mean, now they've met somebody. This person knows the town. Uh, and Ray uh, also. You, you're jumping ahead, dude. No, nope, I'm not jumping. jumping I'm not jumping. Ray also tells them that he lived in their house, which okay. stuck out to yes. them. Yes. Not How? jumping ahead. <laughs> yeah. And so he says he lived in their yeah. house. And they're, like, <laughs> they're like, what? You know? Yeah, Amanda I believes that, a- that he is the boy that she saw earlier. She says, you, you were in our house. Yep. And to this, he sa- he goes, huh? I uh- haven't been in your house in a long time. Yep. I used to live in your house, which is a very <laughs> kind of clever Weird phrase. Yep. If it's your Uncle Charlie's house, though, did Uncle Charlie just get it and then die? Yeah, I don't know or if that what? thought was ever brought up, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, they might not be thinking about kid, it who used to live in that house that used to belong to their great uncle. I mean, that was my first thought. It was like, if you used to live in that house, how long did my uncle Charles have the house for? But then they don't really explore that. Right. Cause this kid's like 12, 11, something like that. Yeah. You know, they don't make that connection. I didn't make that connection earlier. (laughs) No, not (laughs) right away. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they hear it quite frequently from a bunch of different kids. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ray makes a nice joke here. It's dead around here. (laughs) He also also mentioned that the the house was nice and shady, which is something that Josh and Amanda really hate about this house is how dark it is there all the time. But Ray sure likes that it's shady there and the sun isn't really shining through. Mm -hmm. And then this is about the time that we meet all a bunch of the other kids. Yep. And I think they had to the really playground into, behind the school and Yeah, they don't really go into detail about it, but they do talk about the one girl who was wearing spandex. And I'm thinking she was from and and her time period is from the 80s. I'm wondering if they keep the clothes that they were wearing at the time because hmm. then it would be like wouldn't they notice that they had like a dated uh appearance? Hmm. Well, and man, you're thinking you're thinking way too deep on this y- stuff. You are thinking deep on it, but it <laughs> it actually brought a thought to me. Like they play with these kids for a while going forward, and uh, if they're wearing the clothes that they were wearing uh, from their time period or whatever, did they did they wear the same clothes every day? That would stick out to me. I would think at some point, yeah. I'd be like, dude, why is Ray still wearing that t-shirt or sweatshirt rather? I, I liked that uh, they went through and they started uh, naming off all the kids. And uh, Amanda's like, yeah, he was trying to tell us all the names and it was impossible for me to remember all of them right now. There's no way. Yeah, And, and I, I relate to that. I hate when people are like, I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to have to pretend <laughs> like I remember these people's names until I can get them to cleverly get them to say their names again. So <laughs> Right. But there's a very good reason why they give full names. Yep. First and last. <laughs> at the, at this point above, first and last name, George Carpenter, Jerry Franklin, Karen Somerset, Bill Gregory. And yeah, Which, they uh, all seem like pretty normal kids. Yep. I mean, but. honestly, this was probably the scariest part of the book for me. It's a gang of teenagers just without supervision. That's terrifying. <laughs> Dude, I mean, we're in our late 30s. Uh, teenagers. Exactly. Teenagers are definitely suspicious without having done anything. It doesn't matter what age you are. You get a group of teenagers together. I've always been afraid of groups of teenagers. 
I don't know. They're I was terrifying. in some groups of ter- teenagers that were all right. Even when I was a teenager, <laughs> I hated groups of teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I was in a group of teenagers, I hated other groups of teenagers. <laughs> this is true. I was afraid of them. So her new friend Karen actually says something softly at this point and uh, doesn't doesn't elaborate after it's said the first time. Uh, she says, you know, I used to live in your house. And Amanda tries to ask her, like, what did you just say? But then Ray interrupts and says, hey, let's go play on the playground. And Amanda's, you know, she's kind of like, yeah, maybe I misheard what she said, you know. But it was strange that another person said that they lived in the house that they're living in now. See, what I think it is, is that Karen was actually trying to warn her. That was the only way that she could do it without being like, without them, like the people knowing is like, oh, I I used to live in your house also. Right. Like, why did all these people live in my house? Yeah. Karen you know? may have been trying to warn her because that's trying to. Yeah. Because we'll, we'll talk about it later, too, about, about Karen. Well, even and so, this sets at up this a moment. point. Go ahead. At this point. Uh, Amanda notices that the kids have formed a circle around them. Right. That's what I was about to say. It sets up a moment that gave me goosebumps for sure. Like one of the most tense, uh, tense moments in the, in the book, she realizes that she's in the middle of a circle of, of kids who are just, uh, kind of staring at her smiling. How's to say it? Uh, they were smiling, but their faces were tense, watchful as if they expected trouble. Two of them I noticed were carrying baseball bats. The girl with the green tights stared at me, looking me up and down, checking me out. No one said a word. The street was silent except for Petey, who was now whimpering softly. So Petey stopped barking. <laughs> yeah, but he's whimpering now. Now <laughs> and, he's like, yeah, it's oh. like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, like we a, need to go. This is a powerful <laughs> moment. This is the, the power move of <laughs> the kids introducing themselves. Yeah, and she's not sure if she's imagining that or if if that's actually what's happening. You know, hey, are they just sitting around here like nothing's actually going on? Am I uh, am I exaggerating because two kids have baseball bats and it's kind of weird that they're all standing around like this? Um, mm-hmm. And they don't stop. They uh, they start closing in on her mm-hmm. until Mr. somebody comes to the rescue. Mister Dawes shows up. Yes. And he yells, hey, kids, what's going on? And Hey, what are you, what are you kids doing? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing over there, a bunch of teenagers? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the reason that I like. This is the reason I liked grown-ups is because they split up <laughs> groups of teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a second. I'm an adult. I, I don't have to stay for this. <laughs> I can just leave. <laughs> he doesn't even uh, notice Amanda and Josh at first, and then he 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 does, and he had actually was talking to one of the kids about the baseball bat, and they said, "Hey, we're going to play softball," and he's like, "Is that bat for softball or hardball?" Which I, I'm like, "Is that really the question we're asking here?" I mean, I will say you wouldn't want to use a softball bat for hardball because you could break the bat, aluminum bats. But Plus you could use a baseball bat. For, yeah, you could use a baseball bat for a heart or for a softball for sure. Yeah. So they go and they're playing softball until all of a sudden, and it seems like a sun, normal softball game. Yeah. Yeah. And then the sun came out, and all and the kids want to go home. They had to go home because it was lunchtime. She's like, "But it's only eleven thirty. 
11.30 is a reasonably good lunchtime. It, it like, is. Like, I'd say between 11 and 1 would is, like, a good lunch. Any time in there is fair. Right, that's fair game. Opinion. And then on top of that, I mean, they all got to walk home. It could take 10 minutes to get back to their house. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. Then you got to wash your hands and all that good stuff. <laughs> you say wash? No, I don't say wash. <laughs> uh, my grandma and grandpa used <laughs> to say wash all the time. <laughs> Wash your hands. <laughs> so I figure it's the 90s. These parents are probably saying wash. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, Dead Falls is in the Midwest, right? Dark Falls. Where you and it seems dark, like it is. Dark Falls? Yeah, it dead, seemed like it was in falls. the Midwest or like like maybe northern New York type place. Right. Because of all the trees. Oh, and so at this point, um, she uh, she's talking with... Karen to say goodbye and Karen says again yeah I know I used to live in your house and she's like that that can't be what she said you know she's how how did two different kids that are obviously not siblings live in my house it was at this point I noticed I was like she questions herself a lot she does she doesn't trust herself she's yeah yeah is that part of being a 12 year old or is that something else uh, I don't know. I mean, that could be just a personality thing because, I mean, Josh is only a year younger than her and he doesn't seem to question himself. So, you know, I think it's just kind of a personality thing. Some people question okay. themselves. Their confidence isn't very high about things or she's trying to fit in and be normal. And, you know, she doesn't want to come out as being weird, you know, like <laughs> I'm hearing whispers. I'm seeing kids in my room. The sheet, the uh, window uh, curtains keep billowing and i keep hearing kids say they lived in my house <laughs> am i a weirdo you know she's she's nervous about that so two weeks go by all the while uh amanda keeps hearing whispers late at night soft giggling but she forces herself to ignore it just become used to it yep she's just getting used to hearing and seeing things and they play base uh, they play softball with the with the other kids pretty frequently uh, PD doesn't ever calm down. Nope. He wants to, he just keeps on getting crazy, barking and yipping at, uh, kids. Cause he's mm-hmm. a true hero. Yeah. <laughs> during a so- <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, and then during a <laughs> softball game two, the two weeks later, uh, PD breaks away. He broke out, breaks out of his leash and runs away. Yep. Or at least we would assume that he ran away. We yes. assume that he broke it out. He broke out of the leash and ran away. I mean, but he didn't break out of the leash. He broke of he he didn't the leash went with him. Yeah. He broke free. So so I, I'm guessing it just came he, it got untied somehow or but anyway, he gets loose. Did he? It he says gets that lost. somehow he had broken out of his leash and run away. I would assume that the leash was still there at the fence. No, the leash is with him though. Yeah, huh. the leash the yeah. leash is with him. And so maybe it's um, an inconsistency. Maybe it's an yeah. It might be an inconsistency because the yeah. uh, the leash R. is later. <laughs> you disappointed. How me. dare you? <laughs> How dare you? But it was his first effort, you guys. Come on. My thing is, is did he break out of the leash or was he pushed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, I think we all know the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> so so I mean, a dog barks at me for, for two him. weeks straight. I might do something. <laughs> you might push him. <laughs> I might push him out of a leash. Yep. <laughs> Dog works at you for two weeks straight. I think we might have to question who you are, Andy. <laughs> Is Andy a <laughs> ghost? <laughs> Obviously, I am. <laughs> uh, so they so they go looking, looking for, for Petey. The... Yeah. 
And it's funny, they walk for hours. This is a small town. They walk for hours. They go from block to block. Uh, they notice that basically, you know, yeah, everything looks the same. The houses are all brick with shingles, brick or shingle, and uh, everything is shady. The trees, shady trees are everywhere. So it's consistent from the beginning where the only place there was sunlight was on the street. And they get lost at this point. Well, they get lost for a moment, like two seconds. For a moment, yeah. <laughs> but it's just that fear of like we don't know where we are. Uh, oh yeah, the fear of the unknown. And they didn't have GPS, right? So <laughs> they didn't have phones to carry with them, right? They probably didn't have a compass with them. The compass. Yeah, they get lost. They get lost for just a ha- for like a hot minute, and yep. they f- turn a corner and oh look, there's the, there's the school playground. So yeah, uh, we figured. Hey, maybe Petey went home. Let's go home to, to, to look for him. Duh, they should have thought of that first. <laughs> and I believe they mentioned that. <laughs> yep. They yeah. smacked themselves in the head. Ah, idiot. Of course Gosh. he went home. Of course. We should yeah. have checked so, there first. So they go home. Um, did they hire painters? They did hire painters. And if I hired painters, would I have them paint everything I wanted painted? You would think. I would think. I mean, I've got... Just sold a house I had a mortgage on money that's going to last me forever. Oh, that's right. They hadn't sold the house yet. So he didn't have the money. Maybe it, maybe he got cut off at that point. You can paint all the walls, but mom and dad are painting the back porch. Oh, I can mm. see that. Yeah. I mean, I think that if I'm going to hire painters, I'm going to have them paint the back porch too. You know, I don't mm. know why I would pay for them to paint everything else and not that. Yeah, I don't know. Or just the interior. Maybe they wanted to do bits and pieces of it. I don't know. Yeah. For for some reason, their parents are back at home painting the back porch, even after the painters came through. Yep. It just yeah. gives them something to do. It's something to do. These so, parents, these <laughs> something to as, be busy doing. As long as they don't have to be interacting with their children, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Correct. <laughs> so, uh, but this, this is cold-blooded. They don't, they're too busy to go help find their family pet right they both the parents could give a shit about this dog <laughs> or their kids dad's just got no yeah. time for the dog mom is willing to take them around to look for the dog but the kids need to eat some lunch first so they don't die and get her in trouble yeah yeah i mean come on <laughs> i don't give a shit what happens to you if you're out there and not and i'm not watching you but if you're here right now i gotta feed you to make sure you keep living <laughs> Well, they yeah. mom and dad cared enough to call the police about the missing dog they after did. they they have no luck finding him after after lunch. Lunch of PB and J, classic mm, staple mm, food. They gulped down some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Then mom mm-hmm. took the car out of the garage, drove around, and searched for their lost pet with yep. no luck. And dad is totally at this point, like you know, hey. He's going to come back after they've called the police. They've done everything they could. Um, uh, the dog's going to make it back. They're great escape artists. Don't worry about it. And uh, we find out and that dogs mom, find their way home all the time. They do. They do. I mean, I, I if you haven't seen Homeward Bound, watch it. It's a documentary about some <laughs> dogs and a cat that get lost and find their way home to a new house, in fact. Um, oh, yeah. A place they've never been to. Yeah, they, they find their family. down their family. Yep. Cross country almost. 
<laughs> uh, but at this point, we find out that mom and dad are going to a party tonight. Uh, there's a big party mm-hmm. that the a neighbors are throwing. dinner party. Yep. 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 And dad doesn't really feel like partying and mom doesn't want to. They've been painting all day um, on this porch. It's, I mean, I imagine it's probably a pretty big porch, so they're pretty beat from painting. <laughs> It might be like the Porch of Seven Gables, man. That goes all the way around the house. <laughs> that's true. Um, the professional painters are like, I ain't touching that. They ask the kids. No, that's who you hire the the professional painters to paint. That's where. <laughs> that's what you do. Yep. The walls are easy. <laughs> yeah. You get them to paint the porch. <laughs> Have them paint the porch, for God's sakes. Yeah, why are you painting the porch then? So uh, they ask the kids if they'll be okay there by themselves that night while they go party. And yeah, the kids are fine that's with just, that. No parental Well, yeah, they've been on their own ever. all day. <laughs> well, I mean, and I... And they'll be on their own all night. I believe 12 years old is maybe not anymore, but at least back then, uh, 12 years old was old enough to babysit younger kids. You could get a babysitting license at 12 years old. So mm. they're, they're old enough to babysit. I, I don't know how late into the night uh, they could be alone, but I know that. 12 years old is definitely old enough to babysit, so it's old enough to stay home by yourself. Yeah, I remember, I think, I when did that start happening? I was probably 10 or 11. Yeah, no, I was 10, 11, 12. I'd say closer to 11 and 12 when I started being able to be home, and I would watch my sister, and my, you know, my brother's two years younger than me, but between the two of us, we, we did a pretty good job of keeping an eye on things. Yeah. Till, you know, after school until parents got home or whatever. Yep, yep. Um, they, uh, the dog doesn't come home. They wait all night. The dog doesn't come home. Uh, the kids finally, finally decide to go to bed. Uh, she hears the whispers inside her room again and she just isn't They're even, even scared. more active. They are. They're constantly active and she's not even scared or surprised by him at all anymore. They're, it's like, whatever. It's just some whispers. Probably the mice, you know, might be what she's thinking. Because dad's busy painting the porch. He hasn't bought any mouse traps. This guy can't get shit done. <laughs> Has he written anything yet? <laughs> He's painting the porch. He's too busy painting his house. And unpacking. His porch. And unpacking. It's been two fucking weeks. weeks at this point. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and uh, but so when she Josh, walks in a room. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, she walks in her room and uh, there's clothes strewn all over her bed, which is weird because she thought, you know, my mom wouldn't have necessarily. Maybe she was in a hurry, but why would she just throw it all over the all over the bed instead of putting them away or hanging them up? Which, you know, I mean, that shouldn't be mom's job. Those are your clothes, Amanda. You're 12 years old. You're old enough to stay home and watch yourself you can, without a, without adult supervision. Yep. You can fold your own damn clothes. Yeah, I don't know why mom should have to do that. <laughs> but she does end up, like, picking the stuff up, you know, put it away and everything. And uh, she goes to bed. The end. <laughs> well, Josh was starting <laughs> until... to say something about the brother. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, until Josh shows up and he's like, I know where Petey is. He has an idea. Come with me if you want to find our dog. <laughs> Yeah. So he's like, I bet you he's in the graveyard. And I was thinking, yeah, why didn't you look there before, idiot? But and then he they... has a super bright halogen flashlight. Yeah, specifically yes. a halogen. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I have in my notes, there is a Kathy mention right here. So oh boy. she does mention, can't mention the best friend again. I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, 
they also right here they have a good banter back and forth where they're and like she's he's like are you ready uh obviously i am idiot <laughs> like, yep that's how that's how siblings talk <laughs> but, but also we'll note that it's after midnight at this point uh she looks over oh, and yeah. she notices that it's after midnight and the parents are not home yet um they're still out partying even though they didn't Swingers. want to go to the party they're still out partying they're swingers. Oh, they met some swingers. <laughs> Key party. Key party. Leave the kids at home. <laughs> All your crazy ghost kids. <laughs> but yeah, like you're saying, swinging. they didn't think about going to the, the cemetery earlier, and all of a sudden now at midnight, he wants to go to the cemetery with a flashlight. I mean, that is a big fat no for me that that easily would have been clearly a no however as an older brother i can say that if my brother had been super insistent on going and he would have been like i'm gonna go whether you go with me or not i'd have been like if i fucking die i'm gonna kill you dude but i gotta go (laughs) because i'm your big brother and i can't let anything happen to you i know i would have felt that way Right. Oh yeah. yeah. That's that's de- that's a definite. Yep. So we understand why like, she goes. Yeah. Yeah. Only one person can hurt my brother, and that's me. Right. That's how that works. Right. If we get there and something's gonna kill us, I'm killing you first before it kills me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny story about that type of thing. Uh, one time, my brother and I were at a birthday party, and w- they put us on opposite teams. And being, you know, we were, I think we were like probably. 16 17 so he was probably like 14 or 15 um and they the this game that they had us playing basically just devolved into this giant fight between everybody and so like i see somebody on my team tackle my brother and i go hey leave him alone that's my brother (laughs) and i start beating up on my teammate my brother's like hey josh thanks i'm like no problem and then he uh gave me an elbow drop so uh, your brother how... gave you an elbow drop <laughs> yep so that's how that works uh, <laughs> that's gratitude for you Damn. yeah well you know that's why we're good friends that's why we're you know best friends nowadays so <laughs> yeah i'm still pretty, I'm pretty like, good friends like with that. my brother as well <laughs> exactly uh brothers so All josh right, so being... amanda and josh sneak out to the towards the cemetery yep and uh, they say, we'll be back before mom and dad get back from the party, which is like, you know, it's already after midnight. They should be coming home pretty soon, you'd think. I mean, how long do you think they're going to be gone? But the cemetery isn't that far away either. Um, right. It's a small town. Right. And this is yeah, where they I mean, mentioned Kathy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she yeah, mentions mentioned that Kathy. it was an adventure, something to write about to Kathy back home. Yep. Which she still considers her old house back home. Yep. I live in well, California, but when I say I'm come, I when I'm coming to visit you guys, I say I'm coming home. The home is where the heart is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got your heart right here, buddy. Yep. Yeah. You keep. Yep. In the cold, cold Michigan, I'm gonna stay here where it's nice and warm. <laughs> I keep California. Your, <laughs> I keep your heart in a glass jar, and I. It's only at my sorcery that you still live. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, as they're headed towards the cemetery, they suddenly realize that they are being followed. Mm, creepy as fuck at night when you didn't want to go to the fucking cemetery anyways and now someone's following you? 
I would be pissed. Mm, that's a end of chapter cliffhanger for sure. Oh, yeah. That is a goosebumps <laughs> moment for <laughs> sure. But at this point, like you were saying earlier, it's starting to feel like these cliffhangers are going to have a little bit more of a, a result on the next page. Um, yeah, they don't have such innocent uh, explanations to... Are <laughs> uh, ex- innocent resolutions to these uh, these cliffhangers? It's not just somebody playing a prank on them. Yep. The anymore. S- the stakes are elevating at this point, and it's Ray. It's that creepy blonde kid Ray who uh, jumped out and scared them way back when. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Josh aims the flashlight at Ray's face, but Ray shoots his arms up to shield his face and ducks, and ducks into, the, down I mean, into the You're darkness. gonna do that if your eyes are not used to that light. That's just a natural reaction you're going to have, I feel. Right. It didn't really, like, uh, rise as something where I'm like, whoa, why would he do that? No, if someone shines a light in my face, I'll be like, dude, <laughs> get the light out of my face. <laughs> a bright as the sun halogen flashlight. Yeah, the halogen. <laughs> it's <laughs> that halogen. Yep. And they, of course, tell him that they're they're scared. And Ray, Ray says he would have called out, but he wasn't sure it was them. I mean, who the fuck do you think it was? Uh, you know, <laughs> you were following them. Why were you following them? <laughs> mm, why indeed? Mm-hmm. So, But they tell uh, like, Ray that uh, Josh believes that PD is at the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Ray doesn't like this idea. No, he does not. Yep. Not a fan of the cemetery, and he's kind of telling them, like, you know, you really shouldn't go there, uh, even though this kid is apparently pretty normal for him to walk at night after midnight <laughs> by himself. Well, it's just up for a walk. Yeah. Well, his parents are not home either. Yeah. They're at the big swinger party. For sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> Everybody in that town, straight bucking. while their kids wander around wondering what's happening well and even how ray tells them not to go he doesn't like say you shouldn't go he tells them no you're not going uh yeah in a threatening tone Mm -hmm. but then they're like oh it's because it's a cemetery at night he's just he's just scared uh and then he even tells them you'd be nuts to go there at night and they're like no we're going we're going to get this dog at this point we've already left the house it's after midnight i woke up josh has got a flashlight we're good bro i mean seriously what could possibly happen it's not as if we have we have to go save the hero yeah and it's not as if a cemetery (laughs) has like living dead or something in it you know it's right they're all dead dead they're dead dead yeah we know that and Petey has some sort of fascination with the cemetery, so obviously that's where he is. Yeah. yeah. He wants to gnaw on some human bones. He's probably digging someone up as we speak. Yeah, that's what the that's what Amanda's dream meant. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Family eating bones. It's Petey eating bones. He likes bones. So they kind of brush it off as Ray's just afraid of going to the cemetery. Like he's just being a uh, wimp about it. He doesn't want to go. So they start jogging towards the cemetery. And Ray follows reluctantly. Pleading with them to stop mm-hmm. the whole time. Yep. Uh, when they get there, Josh starts calling out for Petey. And Amanda has this thought, like, you know, he's disturbing the dead. And she feels like, ugh. But then she's like, what the hell? You know, again, she questions herself. Again, she <laughs> questions herself. Like, obviously not. And then she starts calling for Petey, too. And Ray is, again, like, bad idea, guys. Please stop this. We shouldn't be here. Yep. Uh, but at this point, they're kind of getting annoyed with Ray, and Amanda's like, "You need, I wish he'd just leave us alone. Like, who cares? You know, come on. It's not your problem, dude. Yeah, it's our dog. Leave us alone. Mm-hmm. 
And then they, uh, right around here is where they find the amphitheater. Yes, an amphitheater uh, in a cemetery. I wish they would just call it an amphitheater. Just like when they're like trying to describe it, I'm like, just call they do. We know what an amphitheater is. It was so is. unexpected. Yeah, they do eventually. It was so unexpected. It was some kind of theater. An amphitheater, I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Circular I was like, is that not a common term? You know, I don't think a lot of people think of amphitheater necessarily. Oh, maybe it's because I'm, you know, that one of them theater nerds. Right. So I've like known what those are. Yeah, it must be that. I think people would call it an outdoor theater. And not consider to mm-hmm. say amphitheater. I mean, if strangely enough, in 2021, we are sure losing a lot of vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't tell you how often I'll use a word and people are like, oh, look at you with your big words. And I'm thinking it's just a regular word that I just said amphitheater. Yeah, It's a regular word. <laughs> You know, an amphitheater. <laughs> Did you not learn these words? Are we not the same age? Did you not have amphitheaters back in your day right. in ancient Greece? <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah. my thought my first thought was why is there one? Uh to have outdoor funerals. Just first thing that I thought of is yeah, people can sit there and go to see a funeral and then go right to the burial. Yeah, that would That's make sense. My thought. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know why you need an amphitheater for a funeral, though. You could set some chairs up in a field like they do most of the time. It's odd to have this big structure. That's for sure. It's not something normal, regardless of whether or not it's a good idea. It's not something you see in most cemeteries. Yes, that's true. It is not a, a common cemetery setting. You know, she does say at this point that her sneakers are crunching over the soft ground. I'm like, was the ground soft or crunchy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, R.L. Stein showing some some rookie moves again. (laughs) Don't worry, we're going to have, and don't worry, we will have them crunchy sweatpants soon enough here. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're still designing the crunchy sweatpants. Rookie literator Stein. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. So they wonder aloud, what is this place? And Ray explains it as a meeting place. They use it sort of like a town hall. They have town meetings here. Mm-hmm. Which in is cemetery? strange. Yeah. <laughs> town halls in the cemetery? Yeah. Um, hey, look, a, ch- a change of topic. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> There's a big tree hanging over this theater, too. An old tree that's that's kind of leaning really hard over and it's a strange gnarled i imagine it being like one of those halloweeny looking trees that you see where the roots are coming see, up from the ground and it's probably all twisted mm-hmm. in my head it was a weeping willow yeah weeping willow might work yeah because they're they're you know they kind of hang over they tend to weep sometimes to once yeah they they tend to and if it's if it's all gnarled up on one side it's definitely going to be hanging to one side so in my head, it was a weeping willow. Amazingly, guess who they find at the uh, at the cemetery? Elvis. Petey. Oh, oh no, it's Petey. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sadly, Petey's there. He's he's there, but for some reason, uh, when they're calling to him, he isn't reacting. He like he doesn't care that they found him, which is odd because the dog loves them and is always coming to him. Uh, Josh picks the dog up, and after a second, he drops him back on the ground, and he says that Petey stinks. Uh, he describes it as smelling like a dead rat, and Petey just kind of walks away slowly. 
doesn't even seem to recognize his family. Mm-mm, not at all. And he just kind of was walking around and Josh didn't get it. He's saying, I, I don't get it. Uh, and then uh, Amanda was basically telling him, come on, let's pick him up. You know, Josh is going on about the stink and uh, Josh doesn't want to. He wants the dog. He wanted to leave the house at fucking after midnight, go to this creepy ass cemetery. He finds a dog. And because the dog stinks, now he doesn't want to pick the dog up. And he's telling Amanda she needs to grab the dog. <laughs> Loyalty. Loyalty, yeah. Well, I like the dog. <laughs> but if he stinks, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> so then PD moves away from them again and they kind of lose track of him. And in their looking for for him, they uh, their flashlight comes to rest on the front of a granite tombstone with a familiar looking name on it. It was dun 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 Karen Somerset. No. Yeah, R. L. Stein. <laughs> Super <What>? meta. <laughs> Karen Somerset has a grave at this cemetery. Right, and I mean, this could be a grandma, couldn't it? But look at the dates. It's 1960 to 1972. This girl died at age 12. It's really interesting because you read it from the book, correct? The actual. I book. am reading it. No, I'm. I read it off of a off of the the site that uh, that Josh sent a link to. Okay, I but, have the Kindle version, which is obviously updated because it was 1977 to 1989. Ooh. But regardless, it's weird. She's 12. Yeah, they they updated this book several times, <laughs> and the original had had her living from 1960 to 1972, and then. Your version had had her dying in 89, and I read a different version. I clicked on a different link to get a different version of it, and she had died in 2002. Hmm. So, and very... the audio book that I, had, that I listened to, it was 89. She died in 89. Okay. Really? Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. There's just di- They put it in different uh, years <laughs> based on when they updated. And I don't know if anything else changed besides the uh, – the dates on the gravestones. You would think that it but, wouldn't really matter because, I mean, regardless, she's 12 years old. This girl's 12 years old, so it can't be a mother or a grandmother. Or, or it's a very concerning situation right. if it is. Right. So she died when she was 12. And uh, they start looking around and they notice another name, uh, George Carpenter, who was 13 years old, uh, 1991 to 2004 in my version. Or 75 to 88. Yep. And uh, this is starting to get creepy for them because, you know, they've been talking to these kids. They've been playing Mm -hmm. softball with these kids. And this is why they made mention of their first and last names, because they are finding all of these names on gravestones. Mm -hmm. Until Ray Thurston, the kid who is with them, died at the age of 12 or 11. And which is odd because he's he's literally with them right now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah ray yep. this one is dot 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 you yep and he confirms yes it's me i'm so sorry amanda he's a ghost living dead <laughs> yeah i was like okay so he says that he's the living dead so there are multiple things that are known as the living dead uh zombies mm-hmm. vampires Mm-hmm. Those Ghosts. are both living dead, living dead things. 
Uh, do ghosts Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. <laughs> Rob Zombie, yep. yeah. I, I think <laughs> ghosts qualify as living dead to some degree. In this in this scenario, for sure, because they are physically yeah, they're, interacting. Yeah, doing things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But they move around, like, when Amanda sees visions of, of them, like, in the window or standing at the top of the stairs, it's like they're more ghostly than than zombie-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they can disappear, clearly. I mean, you know, when she... But vampires can do that, too. Yeah, that's true. I, f- I feel like they're a weird vampire-ghost combo. Vampire-ghost-zombies. Yeah. Vampire-ghost-zombies, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely like all three of them put together. Right. It's definitely a, a unique classification of of living dead that exists here. But they yeah. they weren't supposed to find this out yet. Um, right. Well, and well, is, we I, eventually I get to the origin of these uh, these living dead, but uh, uh, I forgot what I was That's going That's later. With this. That's that later is, on. <laughs> that is later. But they're also kind of mutants. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, <laughs> yeah, that's right. They are kind of like like that. But yeah, since but, since they so, weren't they weren't supposed to find out. Um, Ray confirms that dogs always recognize the living dead, so they they have to be killed first. Which means that the reason Petey stinks is because he's actually dead and uh, apparently a ghost dog now. Yeah. Which I mean, in some ways, kind of cool because I mean, you know, dogs only live to be like between nine and. 16 years old usually depending on the dog i'm Petey's small dog so probably the latter but uh now they can keep him forever he's a ghost dog but he stinks he does stink but since these these ghosts can interact with the world and you know obviously ray and these other kids don't stink right now right 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 now ray reveals that uh he has the role of of the watcher Mm -hmm. to kind of manage the uh the living family Keep, That's keep such a tabs on name. him. Keeping fr- <laughs> the watcher. Yeah, the watcher. I'm the watcher. I'm the watcher. I'm the watcher. And he uh, reveals to them that they need fresh blood. Yep. To to survive, the whole town can't survive without fresh blood. Yep. And she's like, "Why were you doing this?" And he said, "Well, I'm a creep. I'm a loser. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing there. He doesn't belong there." <laughs> <laughs> So my question at that this was point was, play. he's like, you're not supposed no. to know yet. That's How Radiohead. long do they have yeah, to Radiohead. stay there for? What were they doing? Like, were they, did they have to like fatten them up or something or get them like less tan or something that, so that their blood could be, you, I, yeah, I'm, just, I'm not I sure. Confused. The time had to be right. I don't know what they were, if they needed to prepare something for them. If it had to be done under like a, a solstice or equinox or whatever type of full moon or something, maybe it had maybe it had to do with the full moon because it was like roughly two three weeks maybe that they had been in town. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I mean, they got a whole amphitheater, so you got to wonder: is, does this have to take place at the amphitheater? What set in motion the rules to this? By the way, like. This town was normal at one time, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but then now they need they need fresh blood and every every year. Yeah, we don't we don't know how once a year, once a year, once a year is how the is how the rule goes. Yeah, once a yep. year they need a fresh blood. Hmm. They need fresh blood once a year. Um, Josh has not found any of this out yet, though. 
Josh is still running around elsewhere in the cemetery and uh, still trying to track down Petey. Yep. She's still trying to track down Petey and she's thinking in her head without yelling it out to him, you know, get away from Josh, get away from us, Josh, run away, run away. And uh, she could think the words, but she couldn't scream them. And Ray's eyes start glowing a little bit at this point. Yeah. Ray has red eyes. He's floating. He can put her into a trance. Those are all vampire qualities. Mm-hmm. And he's choking her, too. He's, like, force choking her. And he's her. choking her, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, he has the force, too. Yeah, he's got the force. So he's, he's a, a Sith, Sith vampire... Sith. Vampire, ghost, zombie, mutant. <laughs> wow. From outer space. From outer space. Well, now, yep. I don't, well, now I don't hate him. No, he's not yeah. from outer space. <laughs> That's crazy, Andy. Come on. That's crazy talk. Bring it back to reality here, guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back to the <laughs> the living dead yeah. here. And then suddenly a light shines in Ray's face. Josh has come back and stumbled into <laughs> into heroism. Yep. And it turns out With his- these ghosts are allergic to halogen. I was going to say, do halogens actually emit UV light? Or are they just really powerful? I think it's light in general for them. I, you know, like, like really bright light. Yeah, when we get okay. tech, they can be they can be out in overcast days. But when the sun comes out, they have to break up the softball game and go home for lunch. Right. So they're also I'm, part Mogwai. Is what you're saying? Part Mogwai. <laughs> yep. So gremlin, Sith, vampire, <laughs> ghost, zombie, mutants. <laughs> Excellent. Arl yeah. Stein, good work. <laughs> <laughs> He's just thrown every horror trope into the blender and come out with goosebumps. If I can't make my own, I'll use them all. <laughs> <laughs> you magnificent bastard. So uh, now at this point, Amanda can suddenly breathe again. And uh, Ray's trying to shield himself from the light, but it's already starting to do damage. It's, it's melting Ray's skin. Um, it's like the skin off his face is dropping right off his skull. Uh, and I actually Which is metal as hell. <laughs> yeah. I, I highlighted this. I, st- I stared into the circle of white light, unable to look away as Ray's skin folded and drooped and melted away as the bone underneath was revealed. His eyeballs rolled out of their sockets and fell silently to the ground. I mean, yeah. it's fucking brutal, man. Yeah, it remi- it reminded me of something, and I'm gonna bring it up in a little while too about this, because that's it's real epic that that way of dying. So right, mm-hmm. I know I said earlier early on in the episode that uh, you know these gruesome visceral things don't happen, but you know they don't happen to the protagonists. Like it's but they happen to, in the books. they happen to <laughs> yeah, to the monsters, and yeah. That's uh, it's for kids. Yeah, this is for kids. <laughs> but Yay. you know, I yeah. mean, I remember again. I remember we read these, and you know, I'm thinking of like a lot of times I would read at night when I was going to bed, and it it makes sense now why I'd be like, I don't want to leave my room right now, or let my feet hang <laughs> off the bed, or look under the bed, right. or you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. And it, I mean, even further, they go to this point where uh, 
when his head when his skull fell down it uh cracked open with a sickening splat i mean like <laughs> yeah gruesome yeah. man gruesome <laughs> <laughs> so now ray is a pile of bones inside a puddle of crumpled clothes yep billowing in the midnight in air the, 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 it's all billowing <laughs> just billowing all over the place fucking billowing everywhere man <laughs> so they decide they need to tell mom and dad and uh, Josh is like, they aren't going to believe us, which I, you know, if I were the parents, I'd be like, so you shined a light on this guy and he melted. Uh, you guys need to <laughs> yeah, go to they bed. They haven't believed anything they, <laughs> said, they told them before. How the fuck are they going to believe this? The fucking kids got into the weed, man. <laughs> <laughs> More like they got in the shrooms. They watched the dude's face. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dad's like, uh, those are dude. my writing shrooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We could have used those at the key party, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so now they run home and uh but the parents are still at the key party. Yeah, they're not there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and at this point it's it's nearly 2 in the morning now. Um and they're turning all the lights on in the house. They they're like, "Okay, get these lights on because apparently light is not good for these guys." Uh, the- and who shows up in the house but all the other kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of us. One of us. And it, <laughs> it was Karen Somerset was the first one to make herself known. And uh, Amanda, you know, calls out, hey, you're dead, you know. And she smiled. It was a sad, bitter smile. So... Karen is definitely, you know, as we saw earlier, she almost like whispered, like, I used to live in your house, you know, like she's almost seems like she was trying to warn, warn Amanda in a way mm-hmm. earlier. Well, and even now she's smiling. She knows that this has to happen, but it's, it's not that she's happy she's, about it. Yeah. She's not happy about it. She's doing it against her will to some point, but, uh. Based yeah, on she the feel dates, too good about it. based on the dates, she's either the very first one that was taken, or she was living in that house when Ooh. the incident happened. Mm-hmm. That we will discuss shortly. Yep. Yes, the incident that will become revealed pretty soon. So uh, that's that's why I feel that she has that that connotation. Like she she's like, yeah, I this has to happen, but I don't want it to happen. In it, okay, they... so a few of the kids. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. A few of the kids are in the house, and they bring back the line, we used to live in your house. And now guess what? Now we're dead in your house. <laughs> Evil laughs. Crackly dry laughs. Ooh, that was good. Nice. Good. Good. Nice. Crackly All right, dry. Andy. Andy, what's your crackly dry laugh? Oh, my gosh. It's going to sound like Emperor Palpatine, but... <laughs> That doesn't sound oh, like a kid was, laughing. That, that did. <laughs> that <does not> sound <laughs> you sounds like some creepy dude trying to talk someone into an alleyway. Hey, why don't you come on over here? <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit. It was a little bit of my uh, one Im- another impression I do. That's really dumb. So it sounds like Christopher Lambert from Mortal Kombat. There Combat. you go, Christopher Lambert <laughs> yep. from another podcast. <laughs> Yeah, somebody else's impression of Christopher. An Sander. impression of an impression. Yep. I don't do yeah. impressions of people. I do impressions of impressions. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, house. 
Amanda is like saying to Karen, you you seem like you were so nice. And they're like, yeah, I was nice. And then I moved here and now I'm dead and we need your blood. Uh, what are you going to do? You can't be nice and need your blood at the same time. This isn't the Red Cross. <laughs> blood makes the grass grow. Kill, kill, kill. That's what I learned at the Renaissance Festival. <laughs> blood makes the grass grow. But they're laughing and then there's again. A and, knock, and then there's a knock at the door. They even call it out before that, though. They uh, That this is the dead house. Uh, everyone lives at the dead house when they first moved to Dark Falls. And that's while they're still alive. Uh, mm-hmm. They they ask about their great uncle. You're like, hey, we know we had a great uncle. And they're like, nah, nah, that's just a trick. That's what we do. We We make up a trick. We bring you here. And it's your turn this year to be our blood. Why is it that house that they use? Why don't they use any of the other houses? Because this house has windows that look like eyes. Mm. Specifically creepy. <laughs> the creep factor. I don't know what made them pick that house. Who it's knows? It's just the dead house. It's the designated house we all yeah. we all discussed at the town hall at the cemetery amphitheater. Maybe this house we... was empty when the incident happened. Mm? Maybe that house gets a little bit more sun. So it feels like it's a normal house, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's not. Mm. It is they don't really. Ju- they don't go into detail why. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nope. This is the house. This is the house we use. But so you- they are at the house, and who get who saves them? Mister Dawes. It was a good thing he shows up too, because these kids were about to kill them. So. And they're definitely glad to see him. And Mr. Dawes is glad to see them as well. Uh, he's glad they're okay. And he is like, we got to get out of here. Um, he goes on to tell them as they, they get out to the car. Uh, they all get in. They start pulling out. And he's telling them, yeah, I was at that party with your parents. And uh, I was giving your dad. Your dad and I were <laughs> going at your mom. And we were staring deep into each other's eyes. And uh, suddenly everybody started. As we were high-fiving. Yeah. As you were. Eiffel Towering. Yep. Your mom. Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yes. And uh, everyone started forming a circle around us, and he noticed that they weren't jerking it at the same time. And that <laughs> seemed odd for the situation. <laughs> That's what it started to seem odd. Yeah, yep, yep. So uh, they decided to get the fuck out of there. And, uh, you know, clearly the parents didn't want to come save their kids. Uh, so Mr. Dawes had them wait somewhere and he went back to save the kids. I'm assuming he's right, driving the their car. The parents don't care about the kids. Yeah, the parents yeah, just probably do driving not care. their car. Yeah, he is probably driving <laughs> their car. No, it says his car. It says his car. Okay. Okay. So they get in the car. They're all driving down, uh, and he's taking them to their parents at this point. You know, we need to, we need to get there. And where is he taking them? Uh, he lets them know that there's this little outdoor theater next to the cemetery. And that's where the parents are hiding. Yep, they're hiding there. It's it's a good place. It's built right into the ground. You know, I told your parents not to move. They'll be safe. Why would anyone look there? You know, the cemetery where all these kids that were just chasing us are buried. He doesn't know that. He, wink, wink. Right, right. Uh, Mr. Dawes is a little bit worried about this flashlight. He notices it and he's like, oh, I don't, what's that all about? You know, but he doesn't say too much about it. Um, and they get to the cemetery and they get out and they're, they're ready to go see the parents. And as they're running, uh, Amanda trips 
Josh at this point too doesn't know that Petey's dead yet and Josh is running off trying to get Petey and she's running to follow him and that's why she trips and she looks at the name on the grave that she trips at and what is the name? City of Compton! Compton (laughs) Dawes. Compton Dawes. 1966 to 1996. And I have 1950 to 1980. <laughs> That's what I have, too. 30 years old. <laughs> 30 years old. He was yep. 30. Yep. So Mr. Dawes is dead as well. Dead. Which, dead. Dead. Our true hero told us at the beginning of the story. Yep. <laughs> which sounded more like bark, 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 bark. Yes. Which loosely translates to, hey, this guy's dead. I don't like him. So Mr. Dawes lets them know uh, this was a normal town once. They were normal people. They worked in a plastic. Most people worked in a plastics factory. Uh, then there was an plastics accident. Plastics factory. Yep. <laughs> there was an accident. Those evil plastics. <laughs> These damn plastics and their their yellow gas fumes. Uh, <laughs> the yellow gas escapes from the plastics factory. Yep. And turns everybody into the living dead. Living dead, uh, vampire, ghost, zombie, <laughs> mogwais. mogwais, Sith gremlins. <laughs> so here's what I, I put down that uh, zombie vampires, because I didn't know about, I, we, I, we hadn't figured out the mogwai and all the other things, right. but zombie vampires caused by a gas leak, probably caused by an accident at an unregulated factory which was probably swept under the rug so it doesn't affect the stock price. Yay, capitalism! <laughs> so, because they don't talk about, like, you don't hear about Dark Falls or anything like that. Yeah, why does so, no one else know about this town? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yep. It was all covered up, man. The plastics factory owners were like, well, the best thing we can do is make this town not exist anymore. Time to start lobbying some politicians. <laughs> <laughs> Just Here's what's not raccoons. clear to me. Here's what's not clear to me is now where all the the people were all living and then became kind of living dead ghouls that needed the blood of the living to survive. Mm-hmm. Why do they have gravestones? Um, right. Who buried them? Do the people do the people they lure into town? Why do they get gravestones if they just become new living dead? Right. Maybe when you understand. move into the town, and they didn't tell us earlier, but maybe when you move into the town, you notice like there's dead bodies around. You're like, fuck, I better bury these. You know, so you bury them mm. up, you throw up a gravestone, and then you head back home. And you're like, this right. is my new house now. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Well, I guess they can interact <laughs> I don't with recall the world. Anybody ever, I don't recall anybody ever rising from the grave. Right. And obviously they have all kind of yeah. they have ghost uh, abilities. So yeah, it's all weird. Yeah, it's not ex- it's not explained thoroughly, but it doesn't have to be because the more mystery you have, the scarier it is. Right? Maybe they bury mm-hmm. themselves because hmm. maybe can it's just interact. really. This is how they keep records. It's just very poor record keeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but luckily, Josh still has his flashlight. Uh, you know, because obviously Mr. Dawes now has become a sinister, evil person. And uh, he goes to turn the light on, pointing it at Mr. Dawes, who is very startled. And the light does not come on. It broke when it landed on the gravestone earlier. Yep. And Josh tripped chasing Petey. Yep. So uh, all of a sudden, Amanda starts to notice that Mr. Dawes doesn't look as young as she thought earlier. He's kind of got dry, peeling skin that is hanging 
between beneath his eyes. And at this point, Josh is like, well, fuck, if I can't use this flashlight to shoot him, I'm going to use it as a... Uh, he just yeets it at yeah, his face. He just yeets it at his face. <laughs> chucks it at him and hits him right in the forehead. With, with a sickening crack. Another sickening crack and uh, puts a big old hole in the skin on his forehead. Yeah, but there's and, no and blood. The, and the skin so. starts to billow. Yep. <laughs> in, in the end, the skin's billowing <laughs> off his forehead. <laughs> And so they, they take off. They're like... So they make a run yeah. for it at that point. Yep, time to skedaddle. So they start running. And uh, and they go out to the sun because yep. they're smart. <laughs> yep, the sun is coming up at this point, And they realize that he's not going to follow them into the bright sunlight. Nope, that would be crazy. He's a living dead person. So at this he's point, I guess man. Mr. Dawes just decides to cut the losses and go back down to the stashed parents. Well, uh, I mean, where all the rest of the uh, the living dead people of the town are starting to congregate. Well, because at least if they get the parents, it's not like these kids are going to get too far. They they don't drive. Yeah. And then they won't have anybody looking for them. So it should be good. Right. Maybe if they get something that uh, <laughs> out of the parents, then uh, it, it'll be better than nothing for sure. Right, right. Um, when they get down there, they notice uh, that almost everybody's there. All the all the kids are there, uh, but they don't or know they're heading there. At- yeah, they've they've appeared from out of nowhere, and they're they're going through the tombstones, and they're trying to figure out how did they get here. Like you know, she even asked, "Did they rise out of the graves?" Which they were near the graves, so you'd think they would have seen that happen. So clearly, these these beings can kind of like appear where they choose to appear and when they appear they actually have a physical presence which is wild that would be a creepy thing to be fighting i mean imagine like you're up against something that can just appear wherever it wants and suddenly it's hard and it's physical can harm you so they're teleporting like nightcrawler yep they're that kind of mutant they're that kind of mutant (laughs) Mutant, vampire, gremlin, Sith, Lord. <laughs> they do notice that someone's missing. Ray. Yeah. Yep. Ray is not there. I like how they, how they're just, how R.L. Stein just blatant. He's like, everyone was here except Ray. I thought because we killed Ray. Because we, we killed, killed someone who was already dead. <laughs> Which makes it okay. You can always kill a dead person. It's fine. So they try to get. So yes. Yep. Go ahead. Okay, so they try to get eyes on their parents, and uh, they they sneak around till they're looking over the leaning tree, and they do in fact see their parents down there tied up. Um, the mom's head is uh, hanging low, like she's looking down, and uh, dad is also there. Uh, they look uncomfortable. But they're alive. Yeah, they're alive because they look uncomfortable and terrified. Was I the only one imagining Indiana Jones at this point? <laughs> Don't look at him, Baron. Yep. Don't look. <laughs> so they don't want to. They don't want to let their mom and dad get killed. But yeah, I know what you're talking about because this the melting skin. That's exactly yep. yeah the melting skin, and then they're tied up <laughs> like Indiana Jones. I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> I know what this is from. <laughs> well, they get an idea because this theater down in this area that's kind of dug into the ground is the sun where it's coming up is being blocked by this big, huge, leaning, old, gnarled tree. And uh, they have a plan. Everyone's there. Obviously, the light kills them. So if we can get that tree out of the way, the sun is going to take care of the rest. 
So clearly all they need to do is shove this tree, right? I mean, that's usually what I think. I Just push a tree, it'll fall over. Yeah, just this giant tree. It's hanging by a thread, yeah, right? barely I mean... even there. <laughs> I mean, my brother and I and my friend Jeremy used to go into the woods and literally push over rotten trees because it was fun. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> it's not impossible. It's just the size of the tree in my imagination while I was reading the book was far bigger than something to oh, 12 years old. Again, same. I imagine a weeping willow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're huge. <laughs> yep. Right. And big enough to cast shade under uh, over an entire amphitheater. Right, exactly. So everyone. But listen, listen to this imagery. Still, even at this point, the barks felt smooth under my hands as I gazed into the deep shadows cast by the tree. That's just that's that's just good writing. Mm-hmm. That's good imagery right there. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason that at 77 years old he's still turning out books and goosebumps is among those books it's a different iteration of goosebumps but it's still it's still goosebumps in some way yeah i i I would actually be interested in maybe picking a couple of those up at some point to to look at where (coughs) where what does it look like today right what does a goosebumps written in 2017 sound like but uh yeah so they they start pushing on this tree and they're just waiting. They're like, yeah, we're going to get it. It's one hard push. And uh, it is not budging, no matter how hard they push. They've run at it. They've shoved it with their shoulders. They've given everything they have. And it will not fall. Mm. They keep I'm, trying I'm going, and trying. And they and literally trying. pushed for, like, <laughs> quite a ways. Yeah, they pushed quite for two pages. Quite a while that they're pushing. It's about two pages that they're yeah. pushing. <laughs> it's like yeah. childbirth. So, yeah. And then... It just won't move. And so then she just slumps over, and that's when it happens. <laughs> yep. The tree starts to crack. It grows louder. And then next thing you know, it falls. And it happens quick. Boom. Fall. And uh, Fortunately, it doesn't fall on top of their parents. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> but it did seem to shake the ground when it landed. And the sunlight did exactly what they were hoping and poured into the amphitheater. At this point is when what you're saying, the uh, the scene from Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, pops in. and uh, Don't look at it, Marion! Yep. <laughs> Keep your eyes closed! All the, all the living dead start uh, melting. Right in front of their eyes. Uh, they can't get out of the way. They were hoping to try and move, but they couldn't. It was too much, too fast. Karen. Yep. And it- yep. Karen makes an appearance, and she actually thanks her. She says, thank you, Amanda, thank you, and collapsed. You know, after her uh, eyes rolled out of her socket, and she <laughs> opened her toothless mouth. <laughs> thank you, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> Oh, good melt now. I'm melting. <laughs> it was enough that they had to cover their ears from the ghastly cries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a whole town melting. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of sound just horrific. Definitely going to have some issues as they grow older, these kids. Therapy, it will be needed. Yep. But they've saved their mom and dad. Yes, they have. Yep, and so... Who still uh, probably don't believe them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think maybe at this point they might believe them. Uh, but... <laughs> Their expressions were a mixture of horror and disbelief. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, there you they're go. Just, they did. They're they... just going to explain this away. What are you kids been getting into? <laughs> <laughs> I have to get back to paint the porch. 
<laughs> Dad's like, shit. We were having a great time at this party. I was meeting so many ladies. And then this happened. Yeah. <laughs> the ladies of this town are freaky. I, I knew I shouldn't have taken so my my ladies. writing shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> They take the and man, this ending is quick. Well, they take the time to go back to the house and pack up before they leave, and they had to arrange for the movers to uh, to come in and get their stuff. I mean, yeah, they're in mortal danger, but they ain't leaving their shit behind. What the fuck? No, uh, I and guess they figure they have enough. They have the time to get away because the whole town got melted in front of them, and it is daylight yeah. out apparently. Yep, and it's daylight out. Yeah. Yep. So they're going to move back to their old house that they have not sold yet. Yep, dad couldn't sell it. Even though if everybody's dead, wouldn't they have free reign of the town? You'd think. They wouldn't have to they wouldn't have to move back. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to stick I around. I mean, they and... did just went, go through a traumatic experience. Right. So that I could see. Mm-hmm. Amanda suddenly doesn't want to leave though, as they're backing down the driveway. And uh she jumps out and she just she needs to go look at this house. One last time. Uh, I, this was crazy to me. I would be like, let's get out of here. I agree. Yeah. And the parents are yelling for her, come on, come on, come on, you know. And uh, she she gets out anyway. She runs back and she stares, starts staring at the house. Uh, I found myself gazing up at the old house as if I were hypnotized. I don't know how long I stood there. And then she hears tires crunching up the driveway and kind of startled her out of it uh, a couple of kids get out they're about her brother's age which was only a year younger than her so her age mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh their parents are following them up and the mom says here we are we're at a new house uh which is strange because th- how would they have already bought this house and everything at this point like how much time has passed since she got out of the car i i question I don't know how much time has passed since they melted the town. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how quickly did they pack? I thought they packed quickly. And All it says is it didn't take our parents long to get us packed up and to arrange for the movers to take us back to our old neighborhood and our old house. Yep. So it wasn't long, but no clue as to how many days it's been. Right. My guess is probably wasn't fully unpacked. It would probably take them at max three days if they were really being slow. Mm. And maybe they didn't pack everything because everything wasn't painted. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, the kids hadn't noticed her yet. And uh, then they do notice her with a, who are you? And uh, she says, I I used to live in your house. And then as she ran down to the street to go to the car, she noticed Mr. It looked like Mr. Dawes standing up on the porch. It couldn't be. It couldn't be. There's no way. It couldn't be. And uh, she didn't look back. She slammed the car door behind her and they sped away, which is where <laughs> the book ends. And the book ends. Leaves me to question were they dead? <laughs> hmm. They're either dead or they're just saving themselves and. I just thought they were jerks. (laughs) Allowing a new living family to get caught up in the apparently unendable cycle. I think they're dead. I I, I don't think they're dead. I think that... Because they say that they arrange with the movers. They do... They arrange with the movers. They leave the actual place. Plus, the the watcher didn't appear... Like, he appeared, but he didn't say anything to them right away. 
And I, mm-hmm. so I think they, I think they escaped, but the town still needed blood. Yeah, the cycle continues. I don't so think the, the cycle continues are, with the new family. But I don't think why the didn't they warn dead. the family? I think, I think they just escaped <laughs> nope. and are selfishly not warning. Hear me out. Hear me out. Everyone in that town lived in that house until they were dead, and then they left that house. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yes, they arranged, but they stayed in town. Right, right, right. But you're saying like, okay, well, they arranged with the manu- movers, so clearly this makes them alive, right? But wait a second, all of these people in this town can interact with the living. They can sell them houses. They can fill out paperwork with them. They can play softball with them, and it almost leads me to wonder. If that was Mr. Dawes up on the porch, I mean, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I'm leaning towards it probably was. Um, Maybe the sunlight doesn't necessarily kill them because it's not like they are vampires. They're the living Mm. dead, but they have all these ghostly powers as well. Uh, Maybe the sunlight is just they can't exist or be seen in the sunlight. You know what I mean? Like it, it takes away from their, their form, their physical form and sends them back to right. an ethereal form. And well, they definitely, there was definitely a finality to the way that they treated being melted. Sure. Like Karen thanked her for ending the curse. Uh, she didn't thank her for ending the curse. She said, thank you. Or- she just said thank you, right? <laughs> she just said thank right. you. But this I whole, mean, that was kind of the... The ghosts... <laughs> the ghosts have been deceptive through this whole story. Why would they not be deceiving them then? Hmm. I say that we should uh, we should continue this debate on the subreddit. Yeah, no. Yeah. I think that sounds good. If you're listening to this and you want to chime in, weigh in, uh, we have a, a subreddit. On Reddit, uh, reddit.com slash r slash reliterated. And you can go there to to interact with us, talk about the books that we discuss, and engage in discussions like this. Is the Benson family dead or are they escaping? You can also tweet at us at reliterated on Twitter. Or you can send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, any gripes you have with us or any praise you may have, uh, any ideas you might have for books that you'd like to see, and maybe we'll get to them. We do have a quite an extensive list of books that we're going to go through, but uh, you never know. if well, we got some exciting stuff down the pipeline. Yep. You never know if uh, someone might mention a book that we just can't help ourselves and need to read it right away. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we want to uh, we want to interact with uh, with our listeners. So we uh, we encourage you to uh, to get in contact with us. We're we're excited about it. And we are new at this, so please, if you could uh, rate review uh, on Apple, uh, Spotify, everywhere that you can, because um, again, we're trying to. Trying to reach the masses with this, and uh, trying to build our audience. Yeah. Yep. And because we really enjoy doing it, so we're having fun, and we hope you're having fun as well. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of uh, of good comments from uh, from friends and and family that have listened, and we appreciate all of you. And uh, are we d- are we done with Dead House, or we have uh, we have a little bit more to say about it? Well, I think we're done with the with how it ends, because that again, we it's it's kind of left up in the air. On mm-hmm. how it ends, um, but I, I'd say as far as recommending it, I say yeah, go back and re re read it. It's 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 actually a, a fun read, 
it's quick, but it's fun. I've read it three times uh, since we picked it out and decided over our period of time as we were going to really record for this podcast. I read the book three times and it was fun to read each time just so that I could really get an idea of everything that was going on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That's right. And uh, we are going to, this isn't the last you're going to hear about Goosebumps. We are going to do more Goosebumps books down the road. Uh, we've all, already scoped out a couple of uh, of our favorite uh, <clears throat> entries in the series that uh, we're going to uh, give a, an in-depth reading to in the future. But uh, this is not a Goosebumps podcast, not dedicated to specific, uh, solely Goosebumps. Uh, we are going to, uh, what's our next Story that we're going to cover, guys. Maniac McGee. I'm excited because I've never read this. You've never read Maniac this is McGee? New to me. Okay. I think. Again, it... here on County, <laughs> 99% white. So, <laughs> I don't really know, know what, about that. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what that has to do with it. Uh, it uh, well, do you remember reading you read the book, it, Maniac McGee? Yeah. I don't remember much about Maniac McGee. Okay. All there I know you is go. that there's a kid who runs a lot. Ma- yep. Ma- we- Maniac yeah. McGee has uh, <laughs> strong social themes in it. Oh, that's going to be fun to talk about on our next episode. Absolutely. No, I think it's actually Maniac relevant to, to the time right now in some ways. So. Awesome. So be some good discussion on that. Maniac McGee by Jerry Spinelli on episode three of Reliterated. Uh, I wanted to uh, to do a quick listener mail. We're going to make some time in our episodes to uh, to touch on some mail that we received. And uh, we've already got one. This one comes from a guy named Andy. Sounds pretty handsome by the by the sound of it. He says, my name's Andy. I've been a longtime fan, been listening to every episode since the beginning, and I have a question for your listener mail segment. When you were talking about Wilbur possibly being the father of Charlotte's children and wondering about the logistics of pig and spider sex, how did you avoid saying that they were porking? That was a devastating oversight, to be honest. Um, it's so clear now that you're saying it. Uh, thank you for the question, Andy. And all I can say is that when in the future, when we're suggesting that a mammal is having sex with an arachnid, we will definitely consider the species of the uh, the animals at that time. Like, you know, porking yeah, would have been I for one. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. for one regret the uh, the... Just the negligence in not grabbing that low-hanging fruit and making uh, that dad joke. I mean, I should just turn in my dad card right now. Yeah, that is a dad joke. So I'm disappointed in both of you because I'm not a dad, so I'm not at fault. (laughs) It's an almost inexcusable oversight, and we'll definitely do better in the future. Yeah, one-star review. Mm. We will strive to be better. So sorry about that, Andy. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Reliterated. Thanks for listening. Uh, Reliterated was brought to you by the Chocolate Milk Friends. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with your friends. Our episodes are available on Podbean, Spotify, Audible, Podcast Addict, Apple Music. We're now on Google, and we're on other podcast platforms. Look for us. If you can't find us someplace, let us know, and we'll try to get on there. We appreciate any reviews, uh, ratings, on whatever platform you use. And uh, we'll catch you next time.